Welcome to the RVA Returners Podcast, your weekly source for all things Final Fantasy TCG. Brought to you by Ultimate Guard. I like the one of Rams, though. I'm actually surprised there's no Tiro in here. I'm surprised, too. But, anyway. You had the perfect segue, John, because you know what's not surprising? What's that, Anymore, Chris? especially now that we've pivoted, us being back <laughs> for the next episode of the RVA Returners podcast. The hard pivot we're in. And, John, this is episode 99, the go-home episode before uh, before our centennial slam. Centennial slamboree, centennial celebration, whatever the fuck Our slamboree, bro. <laughs> slamboree 2021. Can't wait. But, um... This will be a really fun episode today. Um, we've got a very special guest with us. Our uh, our correspondent deep behind enemy lines will be bringing us the Rupert report later today. Um, and that's of course, if, if that didn't give it away, that's Mr. Colin Rupert, uh, my old friend. Say hi to everybody. Hello. Oh, are you there? It's not like you're like hello. Hello. Just, what year is it? Is. <laughs> And we, we found him. Under, that's a great fucking question. No, you've been uh, you've been a busy fellow, and we haven't really heard hide nor seen hide nor hair of you since uh, since last week. But uh, you got you're sucked doing into well the Jumanji board a couple months ago. That's right. That's right. From, from Jumanji to Zathura, you've been all over the place, man. <laughs> Pretty much. I'm a cartographer. I map quests. Oh, love that. Love that. And of course, I'm your host, Chris Adams, and with me as always. Um, right there on on the CB, polishing the guns, got this fresh ticket book. John Schreiner, say hi to everybody. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Oh, well, I know they're doing well because we're doing well because we got a lot to talk about today. Um, because ultimately, man, Opus 13 is here? Here? Question mark? <laughs> yeah, because like, it's here in some places. It's not in another. But the this and we've got the whole set. To look at you know we got we can we can you know drool over that it's all on ff deck so you can tinker and toggle um but cards won't be in our hands for what another month yeah but i'll tell you chris it's um i mean it's in a world where it doesn't matter at least right Correct. i mean like like we're playing with with the cards physically we've made these proxies right i might as we're well like, just uh, be you know have the set we're yeah. like bon jovi uh halfway there yeah we're halfway right there. I'd like to think a little over, a little over maybe, but you know, uh, at least for now, you know what? Hey, there's a one month delay, um, but we have the cards on, uh, not on Octagon yet, but on the FF decks uh, mm -hmm. thing, and we have, you know, proxies. So uh, for the most part, we're testing it. We're playing it now. It's here. It's here. Yep. Yep. Yeah, people are playing it for sure. And, um, you know, and there's a lot to talk about with that because I think, um, there were a lot of mixed reactions when like the set was first released more like more more polarizing than like the last few sets have been some people are like eh, this set's boring some are like no there's some good shit happening in here but i think that started to shift the more people have been playing with proxies or you know like building decks and gold fishing and like do, doing the typical like early onset things that everybody does with a new set and i think that position is starting to change um, but you know we'll get to all of that. But first, we're gonna we're we're gonna start with all of this info. We've got it wrapped up. You know, if this isn't the Rupert report, but Colin, I'm gonna need you to tell us where can you find all of that information, sir? Oh, on the news. 
That's right, Colin. It is the news. And first up, we are going to take it to John Schreiner with, uh, well, it looks like he's got his, I uh, can't really tell. Looks like he's got a stack of papers. He's approaching the, uh, the podium. That's right. It is the Octagon State of the Union. Ah, yes. My papers are, are orderly and assembled and not at all. A random stack of notebook papers. <laughs> Good evening, my fellow Octagonians. Or perhaps this weekend you've uh, you've tried dabbling on some other platforms. But this is, after all, the Octagon State of the Union. So, uh, guys, as always, the Octagon State of the Union is grand. It is good. We had Colin not only as a guest here on the cast this week, but he was also the victor coming uh, out of his cave to play in the last uh, Opus 12.5 event that we had last week and winning soundly. Um, mm -hmm. We have got Opus 12.5 wrapped up in a neat little bow, Chris, and depending on um, whether or not Octagon basically gets launched by Wednesday, uh, we'll mm -hmm. either be having our bonus week in between seasons next week or we'll just be going right into Opus 13 events. Uh, I think the people really just want to play Opus 13, especially since, you know, you're seeing, like you said, the cards are coming and people can dabble in these other programs. Um, so, so I don't know if we did uh, anything other than Opus 13 that it would be a popular week, but, you know, we can only do what we can um, with what's ready on Octagon so far right now, but... Um, that being said, we just wrapped up. So season five, we're going to be prizing out everybody for the season over the next mm -hmm. week. Uh, season six is coming. We've got some awesome new stuff for the prize wall and we have got a big centennial event that we're getting ready to put together for, Absolutely. uh, the end of April. And that's going to be awesome. Uh, what, three weeks, four weeks to, uh, from now. Yeah, just about. So we just did what number of tournament did we just have? Um, I think, I think it was, it was 96, right? 96, yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, after a couple Wednesdays, man, we'll be ready for, for number 100, and it's going to be hitting at the same time that we're recording 100 for this. So um, all of April, it's just going to be really fun for us. It's like a project uh, for us to work on on ourselves and just have, like, a lot of fun kind of remembering and, and doing some special things for you guys, giving you guys chances to win all kinds of awesome, fun stuff. So uh, just to, you know, give back and appreciate the support and, you know, everybody has shown us for getting this far chris you don't get this far without you know without the people no absolutely and uh so speaking of the people john you know um you know you kept uh mentioning the uh the other platform and of course this weekend we've we've known for a while now that ff dex is putting together um almost like a like a a multiplayer platform for the game um you can do it i mean right now you can kind of deal out decks goldfish decks on your phone um on your computer however you you know whatever your platform of choice is i love doing it when i'm taking a shit um and i'm sure you guys do as well because who doesn't <laughs> but um but yeah so this weekend i believe uh they had they were i guess they were play testing the beta version of it and yeah i know matt rice ran a stream this uh this weekend this past weekend oh yeah, yeah did they, have, that, uh, they uh, have the they have the Anybody who's doing well, the boss battle too. That was pretty fun. <laughs> he did the boss battle thing with uh, David Nunez, who's who's hosting, which is really cool that he's hosting boss battle events for people to play because it's a Japanese deck and he could read Japanese, and none of us can play them yet because we don't have the boss battle decks yet. Mm -hmm. um, but the FF decks, yeah. So anybody who is a patron of FF decks, 
um, you can, like, their play a deck multiplayer is in beta test right now uh, for the weekend. So everybody is on there jamming some games. So like right now I see uh, Shikati, or uh, Matiski is on there just uh, jamming some games. And, you know, basically everybody's just trying to help them test it out because uh, we love FF decks. Uh, that is a, the, an official podcast position. We love FF decks. <laughs> we like oh, the absolutely. stuff. Um, and we are, are happy to support. So I was happy to help them kind of test this out. And the nice thing about this, Chris, is I opened up a room to play some games and the people who are joining uh, to play with me are like the FFDEX admins, like the Wellspockers and everybody. So it's uh, it's cool because you, know, you can give them the feedback directly. And these guys are always playing these awesome decks. But uh, people Body are just hyped to play Opus 13, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, which is awesome because I can't wait to see. And I hope... Um... I, I'm going to assume that it's going to include a mobile initiative because I feel like it, for someone like myself, who's I'm not really a digital card gamer. I, mm. I really just, it's, there's just something about this, you know, the, yeah. the, the feel, the, the flick, you know, the shuffling. There's just something about all of that that just, it's just, you know. It's mesmerizing. It, it, You're it, an it, analog guy, it, Chris, and, and nobody I'm blames you for that. Very much an analog guy. And, um, but I think when you take a game that people love and they don't have to sit at their computer and, you know, maybe, you know, hopefully, you know, this becomes a mobile thing and you can actually interact very well on mobile. Um, you know, most people's phones are bigger than my fucking hand these days. Um, so I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm really excited to see what this means for the game uh, in a digital space. I mean, obviously, this past year has been a big deal for the game in a digital space. It's been its lifeblood. Um, so Have hopefully that would be phones? a nice supplement because um, I was actually, you know, I dabble in other card games and one of the things that I'm hearing other card games talk about is after COVID's over, still keeping an online presence from a tournament standpoint and in addition to going back to in-person tournaments when it all blows over and I think, I think that's a smart thing to do because it allows you to have more tournaments gives an access to people who can't try, who Maybe they can't travel that weekend. Maybe they, they work at home or they have something. They, they have children. They can't leave. So they can, you know, pull the crib up to the side of the computer, rock that thing while they're playing some games, you know, <laughs> and still feel like they're competing. You know what I mean? So I think, I hope that's the future that pretty much every card game takes moving forward. It's like, it's like businesses, right? Like every business realized this past year yeah. that, yeah, maybe you didn't need to work it in the office. You can work from home. You know, hopefully a lot of these card, these, uh, these card game, uh, companies who have you know official op will realize that the online space is still one that they can support i mean magic does it already but i'd like to see a lot of these other games you know take that same approach i think that'd be really cool yeah uh 100 agree uh, especially from yeah hundo p especially from like an official angle right like uh, yes. magic arena and pokemon trading card game online even though ptcgo was an absolute train wreck for a long time uh it's a pretty good platform too now and just like um like you said dude there's the mobile angle too and, and people's phones are as big as your hand did you see the phones that like they like unfold to be bigger yeah dude i, I the first time i ever saw one of those things it's a uh, the one Damn time that i went to DS, man. yeah dude it's it's like what what is that dude i think it's it's so big Dude, soon we're just going to be like taking out like a little piece of paper and just like like a newspaper sized phone dude we're just <laughs> unfolding from like it just keeps transforming until it becomes our car dude i don't even know you got the craziest shit uh i feel like you when when you were in the car uh for the new york <laughs> petite cup and he just said i feel like nobody we live in a world 
where uh, nobody's headphones have wires anymore. <laughs> yeah, man, dude, I was, I was, I was so mesmerized. Like, you were, you were so mesmerized. I was very much uh, <laughs> at cruising altitude as well. And I'm mm-hmm. like, but like, I'm in the middle of like, you know, this is New York, where and we were like right there, right smack in the middle of New York City, where it's all the hustle and bustle, and like nobody everyone's got their head down everyone's got airpods in there's just there was just something there was something mesmerizing about it it was just like and but all i took away from that was man when did headphones stop having wires <laughs> we live <laughs> in just a world where everybody's headphones have wires anymore <laughs> and i was like when did technology pass you by and uh i forget who it was it was either uh it was either you or nick chanel that were like uh, no, or is either you or Steven who were like, uh, 2010 is when those came out. <laughs> like, and I was like, what? <laughs> what did technology pass me by like 10 years ago? Yeah, it was either you or Steven. I can't remember. I don't remember. The driver was blasting some kind of like, whatever that music was. That was getting me oh. going. That was a good time. Dude, yeah, it was, it was like Latin hip hop. Yeah, dude. That shit was, dude, that, that was, was so funny. It was real hype. I remember you and guys was... just being like, okay, John, we're in New York City, so, like, show us some things. I'm like, like, what? You're like, like, oh, there's, like, any kind of landmarks. Like, where's the Empire State Building? And I, like, turn around and just, like, just look, look up. Straight and up. I'm like, oh, that's, it's oh. right there. It's, like, two blocks away. I'm like, it's, that's it right there. I was like, man, that was really easy. Anything else you guys want? It's, like, it's, like, on this block. It's really, come on. Perfect, dude. This city's huge. You're like, Empire, oh, boom, boom, easy. Yeah. Boom, we got it. What you want, we got it. We got it. Oh, God. Anyway, sorry, we derailed the news. No, that, that's okay, but no, we'll see. We'll see what that looks like uh, moving forward. Um, but you know, the the big piece of news this weekend, and I know Colin, John, and myself were all kind of foaming at the mouth. Uh, Opus thirteen, the set, as we said, has fully been revealed. Um, and this kind of coincides with the other piece of news because there's kind of staggered release because um, we're seeing pre-release, 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 pre-release kits like in other regions of the world. And we're just twiddling our dicks. We're waiting for the re-release, Chris. That's right. <laughs> Opus 13 remake is what we're waiting for. Opus 13 remake. It's a grade. It's a grade, yeah. I was just going to say that. Opus 13 integrate. Exactly, and it's it's here. You can look at it on the official Square Enix card viewer. Like we've said before, it's all on FF decks. Which you know, shout out to those guys. Still, probably the most comprehensive deck builder I've ever used in any game. Um, and it hopefully will be on Octagon this week. I know that's what a lot of people are chomping at the bit for that. But you know, it's here. We've all got opinions on it. But um, you know, when are we expected to see pre-release kits at all? couple weeks right they come together with the set at the that's end of very April interesting at the same time so well, it'll be than... like whether you want to buy a box or a baby box <laughs> starter box <laughs> release, that's interesting it's a release pack with the uh the boxes <laughs> yeah it's but... like the uh deck loadable content right from uh that's right from from universes <laughs> yeah absolutely. you get a promo you get some sleeves you get i mean and those are cool sleeves guys it's that lightning mm-hmm. art like yep. man, lightning not my favorite character, but those are some good looking sleeves with that like black background and just. And you get mm. the full art, uh, Dennis Reynolds. Yes, yeah, the, the Golden God. That's right, Boonville, Boon, whatever God. bunny. Dennis Reynolds. <laughs> Wasn't that lightning pretty popular in chapters two? I believe so. That's what I've heard. Um, Probably every because every time something like bust or like a cool piece of art or like oh yeah, you always see somebody who's familiar with chapters say, oh that card was nuts in chapters and. 
for those who are new to Final Fantasy, uh, the card game, if, and if you haven't gone down the rabbit hole of going back and looking at chapters cards, holy shit. You want to talk about a busted-ass game? Oh, man. We could spend a whole podcast on how busted that game was. Things towards the end were just getting, like, especially when they knew that they were printing uh, Opus. It's like, mm-hmm. ah, whatever, this game's <laughs> this game's almost over. That's just... <laughs> Wee! <laughs> That's right. That's gotta yeah, be kind of fun, was... too, to design. <laughs> to just, like, go down with the ship, so to speak, as you're releasing oh, the last like, set. You don't you just know? go down with the ship, you sink like an anchor to the bottom. <laughs> Well, I mean, I you know how this game goes. Thankfully, yeah. we get to learn. You know, they they uh they do those cool things at like the fan fest where they say, "Oh, look, we almost designed this card this way," like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we had to do this instead, and, and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, thank God you you know, yeah, you didn't do it that." I I can't think of any of the examples off the top of my head, but you know, they always go over these. It was like... probably the most <laughs> man you, 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 you ever for them. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> it always <laughs> is. Um, but yeah, it's just cool that, um, you know, they have kind of like a, like a rough draft of this card game. So now we get to enjoy, you know, all the kind of benefits of the shoulders of giants, but like not even of other card games of another version of this card game. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that that art in general is extremely popular. So I'm sure that, um, the card was busted if they used the art on it in chapters, the card's very, very good. And Opus as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I guess oh, a go good ahead, segue into um, like some of the more popular cards in Opus thirteen. Absolutely, and to bring you these, the all the latest updates and just the, the real scoop, uh, Roop's scoop here on Opus thirteen. We now go to <laughs> correspondent behind enemy lines, Colin Rupert with the Rupert Report. Not Baltimore, not Washington, D.C. This is the RBA Rupert Report. <laughs> if you can get like a sick theme song in there, that'd be real hype. <laughs> yeah, just like trumpets. Yeah, we hope you're doing like your best, like Anderson Cooper, like turnaround, kind of like blue steel looking at the camera. Oh, yeah, that's definitely going on right now. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, Colin, like we said, Opus 13 is here, and who better to talk about a new set with, uh, you know, a a player of your caliber, you know, like, you know, a lot of people who are, you know, have been in the community for a while know that you're probably one of the, the, one of the biggest grinders in the game, Uh, and your results definitely, you know, reflect that, you know, you've topped almost every Crystal Cup you've gone to, uh, member of the Worlds team last year, I don't think there's been a year where you haven't gone to Nationals. Um, you're always when you're when you're in the room at a tournament. You're always on the on the docket to be like a favorite to win. So, you know you you're one of the better you know North American minds when it comes to this game. So that's why you know we kind of want to pick your brain a little bit talking about um, you know Opus 13 here. So uh, so tell us, Colin, your just overall initial impressions from the first day you looked at everything to now. Uh, well, when I first looked at the set, I thought I was pretty mediocre, just because mm-hmm. um, a lot of the a lot of the cards aren't very like revealing about how good they are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of packages that are very obscure. Um, there's a big Warrior of Light, uh, not Warrior of Light, but like uh, grouping of multi-element cards that 
are just in, in very off colors um, that don't normally see a lot of play. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a lot of a lot of weird backups that uh, are kind of like, especially in Lightning, some weird reprints of like, you know, we got Zemus as like a Sage reprint, but like with a bonus effect on damage three. Mm-hmm. You've got Sakura, which is like a better Seymour. Mm-hmm. Uh, only the restriction, you know, CP usage for the card. But you know, your payoff is better. You have uh, you have cards like Lightning and Behemoth, Behemoth K and Lightning that are just like very very strong on their own. Mm-hmm. And then you got weird like this weird FFTA package or FFT package, Final Fantasy Tactics with like Agrius and Avelia. You don't know how good that is, so like you're kind of building like your water decks and like trying to see how that fits with you know Simon and all the other good FFT cards that go with it. You have all these amazing two drops that are in a set. Uh, you have Sophie, Sarah, um, cards that just like naturally work together for obvious reasons. So the FFB package is strong, um, and then you got like a new Viking. So like now people are going to be building their decks with Vikings in them again. So it's very like uh, very unnatural set in terms of. Uh, how powerful the cards actually are versus, you know, what's been played over the course of the last, you know, three opuses. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think that up until now, um, I'm looking at the set and reviewing it more and, you know, going over Mr. Cool's list for what mm-hmm. he thinks about the set and everything. And uh, By the way, I urge everybody when a set comes out to... Alex Hancock's always puts out kind of an initial impressions document, which, you know, he admits is always subject to change, but it's a great initial glance um, at what, again, another one of the best, my former world champion, you know, what one of the best minds in the game thinks about cards just on first glance. So if you haven't looked at that yet, I urge everybody to take a look. Yeah. New, new and old players, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, I always, I always take a look at it because Alex is a great guy. He's very, very smart about, his card, his card uh, evaluations, and mm-hmm. um, definitely helps with you know deck building and that that type of thing. Um, kind of going back to what I was saying about my latest impression of the set, mm-hmm. uh, though. Um, you know, now that now that I've been you know deck building on FF decks and you know taking a look at things twice, uh, I definitely think the set is like a grade tier. Um, it definitely puts in perspective a lot of different color pie uh, choices that I wouldn't normally play, like Wind Lightning. Um, not that I'm saying that the deck was ever, you know, not playable to begin with, but uh, with all the new additions to that color wheel, uh, you have Kinshira, so if you want to take a more aggro approach, you can. Um, you have the new Golbez, which is definitely a uh, workaround card and can definitely fit in uh, different decks other than Archfiends, just because of the value that you get off of it. Um, definitely a, a card uh, that is worth evaluating uh, outside of Archfiends, just because of, you know, you have your EX Burst, you have your 9k right on curve with your 5 CP cost, um, mm-hmm. and a powerful tutor for your popular cards, like your Chaos, Cosmos, or Kusith um, searches. Uh, and then um, you've got 
even your starter cards, like I know we've been playing in 12.5 with uh, Ranjit and Philia and, and uh, the Scions list has been pretty popular. Um, but I mean, those cards, one thing I will say, Philia is definitely like a, uh, it keeps, it keeps the game fair without the decks having to run Shantoto. Um, mm-hmm. Card is a banger for sure. Like I, I'm seeing like lists all the time with like one or two copies of Philly in it. The card yeah, is just so good. Probably the most impactful card out of that starter set. Yeah. Not on like a, a Kadaj level, like it, you know the Opus Eleven starter was, or the Opus Ten. Yeah, it was Opus Eleven, so ten point five. Um, but Philia definitely is an impact player that will will stick around for a while because ten K is the new sweet spot if you're not breaking or removing something. Yeah, I also feel like if they they couldn't have made Philia light or dark, it's like too good. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they had, it would have definitely been like as prominent as Kadaj was. So it's mm-hmm. like because it's in fire that it kind of slows that down. But also, I think fire really needed something like that. So I think that it, it works out. They they were smart about where they put it. Right, and it it goes with the theme too, because like when you're playing fire, you're thinking, okay, like playing cards that deal you damage. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why you know I, I take a look at cards like Zonde. You know, Zonde is a very like obscure backup because it it you're, you're thinking about the ability, right? And you're thinking, okay, well, I have to play Zonde in my deck that already has Zonde backup in it. Like, how many like when I'm building my my red decks or my decks with fire in it, like how many Zondes am I going to play? But really, like, just the first ability alone to like get you that extra point of damage in. Mm-hmm. And potentially like hit like an EX burst off the top if your deck is like built around that. That's pretty stunning. Yeah, dude. Uh, I almost absolutely. feel like his uh, his action ability to me is almost just like a oh, cool. I can fail a search and just have him break himself. <laughs> gotcha. And play, and since play we're, since we're talking, no, go ahead. Fin- no, go ahead and finish it. your thought. I was just saying, and play oh. another one. That's it. That was the end. Absolutely. And and while we're in fire, you know, we'll go ahead and kind of do the, work these by element. And so. I guess we're going to cover, you know, again, we're not going to review the entire set here. I just want to kind of go over, like, some studs and some duds. Um, And, Colin, you were talking about Zonde here. Is there a, and we'll go around to everybody. Um, Colin, is there a a fire card here that just immediately, like, you look at it and you're like, that card's a stud? Um, no. (laughs) I love it. It's it's hard, because, like, uh, Rubicante is like pretty good. Um, I, I take a look at cards. I think Zonde is probably my favorite card out of the fire cards that was printed, okay. um, just because of the amount of potential mm-hmm. in different variations of like EX first decks that you can do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily think it's probably great for like a Zonde deck mm-hmm. to play it. Um, it's kind of slow, but in other decks where you're you're thinking outside the box here. Like you're playing a lot of ton of EX bursts. Maybe you're playing like uh a two a two color deck, which is probably ideal for it. Um you know, it definitely fuels that that damage ability refresher for your deck to, you know, get that domino effect of your plays down. Like you're gonna Zonde into potentially an EX burst, then you're gonna play this OP uh Terra card, get back a summon, and you're gonna kill something. And then you know it, all these things kind of like interlude for like real cheap. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that to me is you know that's those are the cards that 
have the most potential um, that I want to see out of a out of a certain color wheel. So Sande's gotcha, gotcha. um, Sande's probably my favorite. Um, okay. I, I'm not really sure about Axstar. I, mean, I, I know it's a Fire Legend, the premier Fire Legend out of the set, but um, I'm thinking about EX bursts that my deck have that are just going to be, you know, again, in that sense of a domino effect where I'm going to play Axstar, play this busted EX burst I just hit, uh, get the ability, then I'm going to do something else where I'm clearing the board or um, I'm getting advantage somehow, like that type of thing. Like it's it's great with like Kusith. It's great with, um, you know, just a break effect like a Odin or something. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking like, okay, well it's going to be good in like Fire Lightning or uh, maybe a cool Fire Water deck where you know you're playing like um, I don't know. I'm just thinking off the top here. Like sure, sure. A lot of spitballing in these initial. Uh... Yeah, it's like there's there's so many there's so many like hypotheticals with mm-hmm. cards like this that you have to get creative. You have to know exactly how you're going to build your deck uh, around it. And I I don't think that cards that initially come out that you have to build around like mm-hmm. completely are necessarily going to be that much more impactful in the meta than uh, what is already currently out there. We have to find cards that are just good on their own that can be we're thirteen sets deep, so we want cards that are going to be impactful in more than one build of a certain established meta deck, right? So, you know, cards like um that have general abilities like Zonde where, you know, deal seven thousand damage to something and you get to deal yourself a point of damage, like that has a lot of general effects mm-hmm. to it that it can be good in a lot of different situations, whereas Axstar can only be good in like very minuscule situational things mm-hmm. where you're hitting like you know your powerful experts. So um, yeah, I mean when I'm when I'm looking at a set, those are the first cards I go to. Cards that are just good on their own that have general abilities that are just mm-hmm. very non-situational um, that have potential to you know domino effect by plays into getting me the most advantage that. You know, can possibly happen on the board at the time. Gotcha. Now, on the inverse, what card do you think um, ends up being just kind of a dud? <clears throat> you know, are, are we, is that what we're kind of thinking about with Axstar, or is there something else that you see? I mean, other than like the obvious chaff, right? Like, I don't know, just fucking pick one, Iron Giant. You know what I mean? Like, other than that stuff, right? Like, what card do you see that maybe had some initial hype and it's just not going to end up panning out? Initial hype, or just like just bad. Just in just in general, like it, it's kind of hard to say, right? Because I mean, like not every card is playable, but like a card that people, I guess, maybe did kind of flock to initially. What do you think is maybe just going to fizzle out or just not even get up to bat? Uh, hmm, probably, probably Axstar is definitely the mm-hmm. most hyped card. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I think that. The Bahamut, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I'm always excited for Bahamut, but I don't, I don't know how good it is in comparison to the other colors for this cycle of cards, like the five CP, like EX burst, where you're they get cheaper based on mm-hmm. uh, your damage taken. You know, I, I don't want to have to have a Bahamut in my hand, like 
turn 12 where I'm on like three damage and like I I just needed to be impactful that turn or something. I'll tell you so, what, 8,000 damage is just not. It's not even like when you pay five for this, you get a, an effect that's like sometimes worth five or four, like the Odin. You know, it's just like 8,000 just doesn't get you there a lot. Yeah, and like if I'm on five five damage, I want this card to like deal like. 10k or something, you know what I mean? 8,000 or 9,000 to like two forwards or something, you know what I mean? I was going like, to say, I was gonna say 8,000 to two forwards would still just be like, that'd be like fine. You'd be like, oh, okay, mm -hmm. people would play it. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's a that's a relevant thing. Um, But yeah, just, just the one target, I mean, 8,000 damage is just like, cool. <laughs> this guy looks like, like he missed the, the bus when it came to pick everybody up for Opus 1. He's yeah, this like, is like a... He's like, guys, wait, no, 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 no. <laughs> This should have been printed probably like four episodes ago or something. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um but yeah, like I I think that uh there's some other cards in here, like like Rain, for example. Hmm. Um I like the job. I like the card. Uh I just don't think that's seven K it does a lot, even for its reduced cost. Like it's pretty neat, but like, I think there's other cards in other episodes that um do a lot more for mm -hmm. and are more impactful to the board. Like th this is the kind of card that uh you know probably should have been printed on like Opus Eight or Opus Nine or something. Mm -hmm. um, oh, absolutely. So it, it it's like cards like that that I look at. And I'm just like, eh, not impressed. But mm -hmm. maybe a one of in a cool mono fire deck, but. Absolutely. And John, what do you think as far as uh, fire cards when you look at uh, when you go, well, I'll, I'll present the same question that, uh, to Colin, that I did for Colin. So what are your, I guess, yeah, what's the card that you think is probably like, uh, what's your stud? And then what's going to be your, your dud? Unless you're just going to go continue on the Bahamut train. for the, No, 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 it's okay. Uh, so I'm, I think we should just split out the multi-element stuff. We could talk about that. Uh, yeah, that's going to be its own thing for sure. Um, so... The fire is a little bit weird this set, right? I mean, fire has just been getting good for so long that I guess maybe it was about time, right? I, I look at the fire set and there's just so many cards where you're like, uh, <laughs> I, I was thinking to myself, and, and so I will repeat exactly the thought that I had. My internal dialogue was like, I'm looking at the fire cards on FFX and I go, but where are the fire cards though? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm just looking at like, uh, like they're kind of blurring together into a, a big pile of things I'm I'm not really too excited about. It's just a lot of, uh, I don't know, this set. It's a lot of I don't know. Um, <clears throat> what I will say, I've got my eye on Larkisius, dude. This one mm -hmm. CP backup that um, he doesn't activate, but he RFGs something for, like, a one-cost backup. And then, you know, mm -hmm. there's, there's plenty of ways to be activating your backups and stuff, as we saw with the old, the old Guido. Uh, but I don't think that, I, I think there's a lot of fire decks that are happy to play on, like, a lower backup count. And it's just like... Um, you know, yeah, they can break it and get the card back, but I just don't... There's not a ton of, like, destruction for 1CP backups running around. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, people would have to start playing. Like, yeah, it exists, but people aren't playing it. And I think that you could do really neat stuff, too, with Larkisha's. Of course, he's in the same um, category as Althea, so you could do things like, oh, they play the other copy of it, and, you know, you, like, Althea Larkisha's back to your hand, and then, you know, the, you get rid of the the one you RFG'd, and then you play him back, and you get rid of the new one, and just, you know, mm -hmm. like, um, he's just a really, really cool card to, to just, like, RFG is an extremely powerful kind of removal, and to have it for one 
uh, just at the cost of the backup slot. I think that, you know, he's a really good card in maybe a not-so-straightforward way. He's a tutor, bro, with, like, Sid 2, too, so yeah, probably... Yeah, and Rochelle, basically, you know, it's, like, both in the same color. Yeah, so, that kind of builds itself at that point, you know? Yeah, uh, I just think that, yeah, he is, um, he's excellent. Really cool backup. Really, really cool. Uh, my... How about, um... Go ahead. No, go ahead, Colin. Uh, do you think that, um, you know, I know there's going to be a lot of, like, Marshritz Shara decks out there. Do you think, uh, maybe, like said, two starts to fit into that build, or do you think the backup line's too tight for something like that? I like, mean, you could probably, anyway? you probably could make it worth now that you've got this Lorquicious, right? I mean, and think about, um, think about blending these two colors together and what that could mean for that, right? It's like... You have um, Norstalin can go get Althaeg and these other things. And so you could run like a pretty thin FFCC line and just use that to fill in the blanks on like Sid. And, you know, then you don't have to go full rainbow with the one drops, right? You don't have to like overcommit. Right. It's not like, oh, hit Sid or lose. Like a lot of the Sid 2 decks end up feeling, right? Um, mm -hmm. and, and I mean, if you wanted to go another way, Sid is, uh, he's Final Fantasy... Right, he's the engineer, yeah. so there's like engineer yeah. stuff. I, I I don't know that the engineer stuff's too good yet, but you know, there's um you can like play the forward and like reactivate him, um, right. like as soon as Sid enters the field. So like there could be a world where uh like enough of those effects, like people figure out how to make a good deck where you're using Sid two over and over again. But even just like you said, I think the FFTA stuff, yeah, it, it definitely could be. Uh, imagine that deck, dude. Like I mean. Uh, you know, Ritz sneaks under, this guy can RFG, something that's trying to block, like, you know, it, it, this guy can really, you know, even if he just comes down on the turn I'm trying to win, like, you don't have enough time to try and get rid of my one-cost backup. Uh, I Again, and I also just think that the removal for him is, like, very narrow right now. It's just not played. So, right. Very cool card. Uh, Swap-wise for me, I, I besides just saying Bahamut. Yeah. Uh, I think that the selfie really makes me sad. Same. Same, Dude, same, same. This selfie... There's a lot lot of potential there. Everything about this card starts to make me happy on the top half of the card. I'm looking at it, and it's a two-cost selfie. It's got some cool Amano art. It's eight. And I'm like, oh, man, there's there's a lot of potential in it. A fast, low-to-the-ground, new Fire 8 character, right? Because the selfie I'm using is just the one that tutors like two or three... Eight guys, it's not even that ideal, right? It doesn't hit them all. So, okay, what'd she do? Oh, for each forward other than fire I control, she gets 2,000 power. Uh, I mean, okay. When a multi-element forward enters the field, I can pay one, and then I can give that multi-element forward 2,000 power in haste. Like, I mean, I guess. And then her S ability is kind of cool, but, like, she doesn't give herself haste, and it's a tap ability. I just, I don't understand, man. This card is, um... It doesn't work with the FF8 decks. I don't know this what deck it's is, supposed to work with. This card is probably like the biggest beat stick in Golbez you've ever seen, but literally does nothing else for your deck. Mm -hmm. That's true, yeah. With the uh, like you don't even Golbez have the deck. even in the Golbez deck, you won't have the ability to like pay the special ever. Um, and then you're never going to use the. I mean, unless you're playing, like, a ton of multi-element forwards, like, even if you but are... But you're gonna pay the one? Like, yeah, it's not even just, like, an automatic trigger kind of thing. So it's, like... Yeah, it's, like, you still have to have fire up to do it, and I just don't yeah. think that's a good enough payoff for it. I just, yeah, yeah I mean, like, I, I guess, yeah, like you said, if we were trying to make a another cool Golbez card, or, like, a, uh, 
you know, the other Golbez, both Golbez, right? The new Golbez cares too about two drop things, but like he only plays Archfiends for free, right? When you get to the nut part. So it's just like, right. I mean, the Archfiends are all better at doing the stuff this card's trying to do. I just, I, I don't understand, maybe fully. So I, I do want to say that, <laughs> I do want to say that the two drops in this set are very emphasized. Yes, I mean, you have for sure. Selfie, um, you have all sync the S's, and... dude. Selfie, so you got, it's S sound. Selfie, sync, Sophie, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Charlotte and Ice, uh, Shara. Shara, uh, see, but it sounds Shara. like an S. We'll go yeah, with it. Yeah, Shara, Selfie, Sophie. <laughs> yeah, it's just like all these two drops. Um, you know, when, I, when I'm when i building a deck and I have all these two drops on my deck, you know, why did uh, I, I have to ask myself, like, you remember when. Um, like the XYZ cards, like Shikari mm -hmm, mm -hmm. stuff was like a thing. And yeah. I guess it's still a thing. I mean, people would probably argue that, but um so like when all those decks first came out, they were just romping like online events and winning tournaments and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh that infinite combo deck plus like the Shikari decks and all that. Anyway, people adapted into Opus twelve and they came up with answers to it. Mm -hmm. If I'm running all these new two drops where I have to have other two drops to make them combo well or do something. Um, you know, the first thing, the first thing on my mind is, you know, how, what cards when I'm building my decks, like what cards are going to really interrupt my combo or interrupt my board position. And I'm just thinking about like, if there are this many two drops in the new set, like how good are cards like Exodus going to be, uh, going forward like how good are um how good is that new odin going to be the three cp one that has the experts that breaks it to cp forward and you draw a card like mm -hmm. that's what i'm scared of people are going to build all these decks with two drops in them get a favorable board position but they're going to open themselves up to you know a deck that is just running all these these cards that like counter it um you know people will eventually adapt but I that's think for the time being, like, right though. I mean, like, that's good. It, it is, it is yeah. checks and balances. I, I guess I'm, I'm thinking like ahead, you know, a couple yeah. months down the road. But like, By those you know, you gotta, I want to think about those things when I'm building my lists. You know, mm -hmm. at least for like, if I'm going to a tournament, you know, I want to play a list that, um, is consistent, is going to do the same thing over and over again, uh, gets me a ton of value, and I know is going to be good. So. You know how if I'm building my list, you know I, I want to be aware of these things. So um, when I'm using all these new two CP cards, I'm I'm definitely going to be thinking about you know how they how they line up with um, you know all the answers out there that are currently you know in the game or how they're going to stack up. So um, definitely definitely something to think about when you're evaluating like the new cards. Absolutely. And uh, just to kind of finish up fire here as far as, you know, card, I think it's my card is actually kind of both into one because I really like the new Luneth backup, but mm. it's also a dud for me just because because I think honestly with all these new toys, like you're going to see Warrior of Lights, which was a pretty popular archetype last set. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's just going to kind of disappear because like they, I don't know, like at Luneth had a lot of potential to be something that kind of makes that deck go a little bit faster, obviously with um you know, giving Lina haste can just set off some things. Uh, giving something, hate, giving another warrior of light haste that can party with soul. You know, it just it just kind of accelerates the game plan, which sometimes, right. sometimes you need to. You, 
Um, but there's nothing to replace that forward in the list. Um, and I think that's that's why I think it's really not going to see much, maybe in a Warrior of Light package. But, uh, you know, the standard unit text is a little sneaky on all of these because uh, there's, there's a cycle of these. And that standard unit text, to me, is a little sneaky. Um, and I think there's some upside to that. Mm-hmm. But I, I just don't think it's going to have much of an impact. You know, a lot of times you'll see those, you know, we talked about Zonday. We see these random two CP backups that pop up. And a lot of times they're, more times than not, they're a very impactful card. And we can take that all the way back to cards like Edgar and Shadow. Mm-hmm. Um, even, uh, you know, even in water, when you're looking at those, at, uh, Arcanist. Yeah. Or Alchemist. Alchemist. Sorry, Alchemist. Yeah, things like that. Like you see these little, just these kind of just, I don't want to say innocuous, but these, these real just under the radar kind of just common backups. And I think, you know, for me, Luneth just kind of encompass, uh, encompasses all of it. But to not take the easy way out, um, I do feel the same way about Palum as well. I just, I you know, yeah. I like the fact that now I've got a backup Palum I can search for off of Lenora um, to clean that up, which I think is really cool. But uh, other than that, I mean, I think you guys covered the the major probably competitive staples that we're going to see. Uh, speaking of innocuous backups, uh, mm-hmm. the, all the all the mage cycles. Oh yeah, the black uh, mage. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, so, those like, are great. These allow you to play. You know, all those. What I was saying earlier about all those like oddball colors that you don't normally see in decks. You know, mm-hmm. uh, this black mage or in the other cards as well fill in the other roles. Yeah, all the color Klobots, fixing, beast masters, all that other stuff. Yeah. Now. Well, I will say they're probably less useful just because of them being from all FFEX, I believe, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your the, the job or the uh, Final Fantasy that it's from doesn't exactly help, but uh, yeah. it is cool that yeah. you know they filled in the other roles. So I, I think that when I'm looking at cards like that and I'm, I'm grouping them, mm-hmm. um, they're probably more for like a draft environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could st- I could still see this one also seeing like standard constructed play too. So no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but now moving on to the next element here, that's probably in my opinion didn't really get much help. Um, maybe a couple cards here that you know are worth talking about, but like for the most part, I think Ice kind of uh got the short end of the stick this time around. And I'm talking pure just mono Ice. You know, mm-hmm. I think some of their multi element cards are better than expected, but uh. John, I'm going to start with you. We're going to bring this back around the other way. Um, tell me, give me a stud and a dud from uh, the ice element for this set. Or two <laughs> duds. I don't know. Whatever floats your boat. Whatever we got. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, so for mono ice, uh, my studs are going to be the TA cards. Uh, I do mm-hmm. think that, yeah, they're a little bit underpowered, especially Sid. Um, mm-hmm. But we're in a world, man. These autos are literally everywhere. Uh, I think that forcing a deck that relies on auto abilities, which is a lot of decks right now, mm-hmm. to like, oh, well, they can have removal for him. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Show me your, you know, use your honest removal before you had just have your ETB type stuff, because usually they're they're skimping on it. Dude. They're not playing as many mm-hmm. summons or just kill things. They're really focused on, you know, the uh, the efficiency from the backups that do something or the forwards that do something when they come in. Also, um, these cards plus some of the other cards we'll talk about when we get to win uh they really revitalize the ffta deck uh, not that i think marsh and ritz got any worse they just saw a lot less play in opus 12 uh, and this also gives them another new angle which is very cool 
Um, and a remedy, of course, has some of those ways to make uh, two-sided cards one-sided, which is always good. So you can, uh, you know, it's like whenever your opponent searches for a card, they have to discard a card. So you can, mm -hmm. like, you know, do the prish. Oh, we both search, right? And now you discard. Um, you also just stop them from setting up. If you, you know, it's one of the cards that you don't hate to jam down kind of early, a la mm -hmm. uh, Sid FF9, you know, Sid Garland. When you'd play mm -hmm. him down and you'd uh, just be like, okay... You know, now you're taxed, right? I'd play this off one backup kind of thing just to, to slow you down. So I think those cards are pretty cool. Uh, we'll see if they're good enough. I think they are, but we'll see. I, I mean, they, they very easily could just not be uh, fast mm -hmm. enough or good enough. Um, and the slop for me, I have to say, um, I I don't know, man. This this Squall, the Final Fantasy VIII stuff, I really like... I mean, we did like those dual deck techs on the Final Fantasy VIII decks, Man, mm -hmm. I love the Final Fantasy VIII Lightning Ice deck, and you feel like you're scraping the bottom of the barrel for the category support when you're building those decks, the Fire Ice and the mm -hmm. Lightning Ice one. And here's a set where they give us, like, one of all of the characters again, basically, and they're just all, like, why the hell Bad. would I ever play this Squall, dude? Like, the only redeeming characteristic about this Squall is that he turns on the cards that care about Squall, you know, mm -hmm. if he's out. But it's just like... Uh, you put them in the break zone and they discard one card from their hand and I can only use it during my turn if I have three category eight characters. Like, isn't there like a bard that does something better than this? I feel like, I, I just don't, mm -hmm. it's, it's so weird to me. Uh, I don't like final fantasy eight very much, but it just appears like neither to hobby Japan <laughs> because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> since, since the Renoa that, uh, you know, the legend that flickers a card, like, you know, everything else is pretty which much, sees, which, doesn't synergize or need any synergy with any category eight stuff. Yeah. She's, she's her own woman. She's a strong, independent woman. Yeah, she's good. And then the other Renoa before her, who technically had eight synergy on her, but that's not why she was good, right? It's like these are only they've been good because they're standalone cards. Like Ultimatias have been good as standalone cards. Squalls every mm -hmm. once in a while, but there's like I don't know, man. It's a swing and a miss on Final Fantasy Eight for being this set. Absolutely, Colin. What do you think, Ice? Talk to me. Studs and duds uh studs for me uh yeah probably probably Fasalis and remedy and sid randall yep uh for sure talk um, to me about Fasalis, colin uh oh Fasalis. so Fasalis uh has a lot of potential on ice um so like cards like uh what was the one the five drop 9k that uh, has the EX burst on it. That the Azure Dragon, Lassie's okay. for you. So that card that card had a enter and attack ability, right? That gets mm -hmm. you a free card every turn. Um this doesn't do that. This gives you options if your opponent has three cards or less in their hand, obviously. So um I think on like three backups early on this card's pretty impactful. Um it replaces itself potentially uh and it's it's a nine k threat, so it's relatively hard to kill. Um, it's got a cheap special for what it does. You're dealing ten k damage to a forward, which is pretty much the curve we were talking about earlier. Um, it's nine k itself, but if you're combining this in a deck that you know maybe like uh, Wind Ice, for example, where like you just sedane them for one turn, then you play for Solace. Or you play like Edward, or or something like you're just constantly like discarding every turn. Um, this card has some upside to it, um, so I, I could see this being pretty solid in the right build. 
definitely not like an all-star by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does it does definitely have a relevant ability. Um, so that 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 for me is pretty good. Um, I, I'm willing to give it a shot, and you know I'm 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 definitely you know experimenting with different lists with this. So um, right, and then. Uh, I'm not going to repeat what you said on Remedy and said Randall. I mean, it's pretty obvious, you know, how how much interruption it offers. Plus, you can play like Marsh Ritz with it potentially if you build right. the deck right. You know, I, I've been experimenting with that as well. Um, it's hard to find the fire cards necessary to make it work, but there's a bunch of different fixes for that. Right. I think right now with like all the color fixing we have, mm. um, out of the FFA cards, like like. FF8 just doesn't do it for me. Like, Renoa is pretty cool that you can just play it for free. Like, you don't have the restriction for the reduced cost. Mm-hmm. But, like, I just don't think the damage 5 ability is really good because, on, like, ice when you're on damage 5, generally speaking, you're probably, like, not winning the game. It's probably mm-hmm. either a stalemate or you're losing. So, I, 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 I just don't, I don't see the upside in playing or having this available to me. Um, yeah, and if you're dedicating to the FF8, uh, FF8 package, the, the two-drop Renoa just feels head and shoulders better than this one. Right, yeah, because you're, you're blinking a more... a greater, more substantial ability to, like, get you advantage on the board. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you returning something is just, like, it's cool, now you have this 8k that just returns something for free, and then you're going to play something else. So I guess that's probably the best one out of the other the other eight cards. Um, I guess it has potential if you build it in a certain deck, but like, how is that deck going to line up with like what everybody else is playing? You know, yeah, what I mean, no way. There's it's no not, way. It's just not <laughs> much yeah, like Final I, Fantasy VIII. I, I, shots fired, I don't. Sorry. It's hard to say. Like, I feel like I'm going to say all these bad things about you know the eight package and like a week later like all of a sudden eight's going to be like dominating things so i <laughs> i hate i hate talking crap on cards that i just we don't really know and played with out. yet yeah yeah I, I understand that too it's just um even Laguna, Laguna's five, cool. she just what she dulls all the characters yeah like okay that's good <laughs> I, mean, I mean that's yeah when she attacks at damage five you know you're eight k if everything's if everything's status quo and equal yeah that's i mean i'll take it but like I said, if you're five damage, you're either winning the game or you're at a stalemate in the game where like both players are on the same amount of damage or like you're losing the game. You know? Yeah. So I don't know. I, I guess I guess fire ice is probably like the best combo package with this, or maybe even lightning ice, but um I something's telling me that fire ice is probably better. Mm-hmm. Just because like fire ice has accessibility to uh a lot more proactive cards. Like I think I think with this kind of card you need like a proactive approach to it kind of yeah. like um the Zelda ice earth kadaj deck like where ice earth was able to play kadaj search out you know the the other um uh the remnants, the remnants mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. play them get their auto abilities and like dull free stuff like this is probably have the, this card probably has the same approach like you want to return something for for free then you want to play this other card that gets a summon back to your hand like a terra or something and use all your cp up and like mm-hmm. have the ability to remove something in the same turn so um out of all the eight cards this one probably has the most potential but i i just 
I don't know if it's going to be enough to make the deck like make or break it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's my kind of initial evaluation. I don't know. I I just it's hard to say because free cards are always better cards. Like right. reduced cost cards are mm-hmm. are better. Um. So I I definitely challenge somebody to to make a list and like change our minds on this because like this one's just a, a lot of unknown. Yeah, and there's no sense in beating a dead horse anymore on ice. You guys have talked about the only cards that are really worth a damn, and we've kind of set our piece on Final Fantasy VIII, so we can just move right on to win. Um, Colin, I'm going to start with you, because you're probably going to talk about Shara, because that's, uh, you know, to kind of segue myself in there, um, I think Shara is the most interesting card. Um, I'm also a big fan of Sid Hayes as well, but Shara just feels like she's sliding right into something we're already doing. So let's talk about that. Because I know you have, you want to talk about the Marsh Rich in, uh, Marsh March, fuck <laughs> Marsh Ritz engine. Jesus, yeah. The, uh, try saying that one. That's a turn twister. The, the boogeyman. So that's right. Uh, I don't. I'm confused about why they printed this card. Mm-hmm. Um, it's obviously very good. I mean, it has mm-hmm. ex, so it already has something that, um can fit in our EX burst decks that we want. Mm-hmm. So it already automatically just fits into the Marsh Ritz just with that. Mm-hmm. Um it's got a free, you know, like Azana like a factor just getting something free back for two CP. Mm-hmm. You're you have the ability to keep the Ritz in play with the action ability, removing the Viera counter mm-hmm. and not being able to have your opponent choose it with summons and ability summons and abilities. Like that's really strong. Mm-hmm. And you're getting Viera counters based on the FFTA characters you're playing. So, like, it's not going to just come into play with just one. Eventually, over time, it's going to have like three, four on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it just this card has so much upside to it. I, I just don't see a downfall other than the fact that it has low power. Mm-hmm. Like, that's probably the worst thing about this card. Everything else is just like S tier plus. Um, when we're talking about like Marsh Ritz, you know, we're not talking about how good it was in like Opus 12 or e- even Opus 11 because it was busted in Opus 11. Mm-hmm. It basically just ran train. You know, there's so many Marsh Ritz decks. You just, you know, you're get- getting headaches just from like watching it. Was, it, it, was a, it was a snooze fest watching it for sure because it just, yeah. it was just nonstop the same damn thing every turn. So, yeah, I agree. And, now, I mean, now it just has another enabler for the engine. So, like, I, I, I can't imagine that in this upcoming meta we are not going to see any Marshritz deck. If, if we don't see any Marshritz decks, I mean, oh no, will... for sure, for sure, it's back. Like, like, there's yeah. all the stuff that they just threw out in this set. Uh, okay. absolutely, absolutely. Between, so, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to dwell on that any longer. I mean, it's just, it's obvious what it is. It is what it mm-hmm. is, but um, if we're looking at the rest of Wind, um, there's a lot of different cards that actually stand out to me in Wind. Wind is probably, like, one of the more powerful colors in this set. I mean, o- Ochu has a lot of potential. Um, one CP to activate two backups is really solid. I, I'm trying to figure out a way. I'm sure somebody will come up with this, you know, in the next, like, week or so but i'm i'm trying to see how there isn't going to be like some kind of like ridiculous activate deck where just like everything's just going to plop down and you're going to get free stuff every turn so i'm i'm excited for that card to fit in somehow with that um it's searchable with uh you know stilt skin 
uh, Stiltskin is very uh, relevant. Just because you're able to search so many 1CP monsters that are going to win. Like, you have Layak, you have Captor. Excuse me. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and Ochu. You know, you, uh, yeah, and Ochu. Uh, <laughs> you have all those things available to you um, with that card, so that's a great great tutor. And it's FFCC, so North Shaolin target, obviously. Um, Dryad is another one of my favorite uh, wind summons that was printed. Um, I think it's I think it's cheap for what it does. You're able to keep your Ritzes in play. Uh, if your opponent just decides to go and try to kill it with like auto ability, you know, Dryad helps keep it alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and also in Wind Ice, you're able to keep. Uh, we were talking about Fasalis earlier. Like we want to keep that card alive as long as possible, right? Because we want constant auto attack or. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, can't talk. Auto ability triggers, yeah, potentially. So, like keeping relevant cards like that alive or is very critical. Um, you know, especially if your opponent's trying to trying to kill it with something. So, um, definitely cool early uh, to keep the, your your mainstay card alive and you know keep on you know swinging in for loads of advantage. Also, good late. You know, if you're. Uh, on five damage, and you want to keep all your things alive. It's basically like a Unsuganashi on a on a summon. So mm-hmm. combine that with Unsuganashi. Hey, all your forwards live. My opponent can't do anything about them. Well, I guess like, the game's over. So mm-hmm. um, definitely a relevant summon for for wind. Um, I'm still kind of I'm not sure about Balthier. Um, definitely a good enabler with the new Ash Opus Twelve Ash. I guess you can get back to New Ash, and then you're able to play more spells no, on top of it. He's got to get a, a Sky Pirate. Oh, she's not a Sky Pirate. Oh, my bad. Yeah, she's a she's a princess. But uh, I, I guess I'll, I'll interject because I, I do like that card. I mean, the, the Sky Pirate deck is like a, just a C. It, it's fun tier, right? Like that's a deck you take the locals. But yeah, I like the idea of there are a lot of really good two CP Sky Pirates that that kind of make that deck work. So I think that's a good it's a good, you know, play where you drop him, get Elsa back, draw a card, tap two, play the Opus 9 bond that you tap two to play it. Like that that's a good turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't play a lot of Sky Pirates, so like I I definitely would be interested to look at it like a cool Sky Pirate deck, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think for competitive play though. I no, no, not little, at all. A little late for that. Yeah, absolutely. That ship has done that. That, that airship done sailed. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, Sid Hayes has potential. Um, I'm I'm definitely looking yeah. forward to making a cool like engineer deck in the, the Citadel, future. baby. The Citadel, dude. <laughs> we want to make a deck. It's all Sids called the Citadel. It, it's, it's like the Citadel of Ricks off uh, off Rick and Morty, but it's just the Citadel of Sids. <laughs> I mean, he's got a he's got a really nice auto trigger. Um, mm-hmm. If he lives. Yeah, you know he's great. Obviously, it's just well, he will because you're packing triad, baby. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I was just gonna say like his power is a little underwhelming for four CP now, I guess, because like mm-hmm. the new mainstay is like what nine K or bust. Yep. Uh, so that's that's a little underwhelming to if me. If he but... can't get through, he can just make somebody else get through, dude. Yeah, he can just lend I, I mean, his power. That and Sid Paladina, like Toss Sid Paladina, the being... baby. Yeah. <laughs> An EX first backup tutor. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's pretty relevant. 
Yeah, I in my mean, mind. I played like two games of Engineers uh, the other night, and I'll tell you when you because Sid Previa is an, is an engineer as well, right? Um, right. Mm-hmm. It's really it neat. It's very and cool lid. to play this guy and activate two of the backups you used to play him, and then tap mm-hmm. one of them to play Sid Previa and haste this guy, and then attack, and then activate all these backups again. It was just like, oh, okay. You know, there's there's definitely something here. Um, it, you know, he's he's better at doing the attack and activate your stuff thing than Sarah, right? Like he comes in and and activates him right when he's played. He gets that refund right away, kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, I right. think he's pretty cool. Well, he um, only gets better too, right? Like as there's more engineers. Yeah, um, I definitely think that with um, this is probably a strong build with that in like a wind earth type build, I guess, because wind earth is like. Earth cards are just so strong. Like I, I think Tyro is probably, I think we all agree is probably the best Earth backup in, in a set. Oh, yeah, by the game, like, might be within he's, the game. He's in the nuts, game. bro. Yeah. Um. So like every time I'm thinking about win cards, I'm also thinking about pairing them with Earth. Right? So like I want to be able to have access to Sid Hayes like early on. I want to be able to play Sid Paladina to search him. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking about building a deck with like Wind Earth cards, like Wind Earth good stuff. Mm-hmm. I guess this fits in there. Yeah, why not? Um, it's just there's a lot of potential in that color combination. I I think that uh, overall, like not talking about just the win win cards, um, when we're looking at like decks we're building, this deck or this set really focuses on uh, multi element things. So like when we're building our decks, we're thinking about you know not just two colors anymore. We're thinking about three, and with all the multi element forwards out there that you can discard for your cp uh all the color fixing we have available to us and like cosmos chaos tyro um all these backups that literally get you another color yeah it's just there's so many options we have available to us so like i'm thinking i'm thinking about the set in terms of that when i'm building so you know, there there is no more monocolor anymore, I don't think. I think we can all agree that that's probably not in the cards for, like, you know, competitive events. I don't know. It depends. I, outside of mono ice, maybe? I don't I don't know. I think mono I fire and mono lightning get away with it. Yeah, mono fire and mono lightning, probably. Um, but this this really fits into the whole idea that we have a lot of lot more different options to us available so yeah uh those color combinations are going to be like super strong so how am i going to how am i not going to fit all of these enablers into my super strong multi-element decks that uh again going back to what i was saying earlier when i'm playing my turns like i'm going to be doing like three four things in one turn how am i going to enable that function yeah so um i guess i guess what i'm trying to say is when i'm playing three colors it's obviously going to be harder to do that but um, the payoff is just going to be like super strong in my late mid mm-hmm. mid to late game. Um, so, I, I definitely think engineers probably has a has a plan in that. So we'll we'll see. Indeed. Well, uh, John, what about you? What uh, what win cards are on your radar here, stud stud wise and dud wise? Dude, he sniped my. Uh, I think Ochu's underrated. Yeah, I agree. Uh, one drop that activates two backups, and you play it in decks with like hope and. Uh, barrel eye or any of that, but even outside of that, just woof, there's a 7k four that activates two things when it comes in. Seems pretty dece. I do like Sid Hayes, he's uh, a lot of fun as well. Obviously, Shar is pretty good. Uh, but one card we didn't talk about that I will say that I really like 
um is i just really really like mid mid is super mm -hmm. cool mid is um the back attack card that lets you uh make a guy not be able to be targeted by abilities so it's like dry out on a stick type thing uh you also give them a thousand power i think too so it's kind of cool so it's like uh it, like mid gets you a body on the board and like protects somebody and then maybe also like ruins combat for him um sure. I, I just think it's a neat i like all the back attack cards are just fun i think that's a very cool card uh also yeah, I think you can search it. yeah and it's searchable by the uh the backup i was just about to talk about next i think that mog mm -hmm. ffbe is also cool just because the ffbe stuff uh there's a whole ton of it in this set uh, I think that's just one of those backups that's just, you know, generically good, and you'll see see a lot of play. And uh, it's a it's a Moogle for uh, Sarah, so if you want to build your Sarah, Sarah decks, coming back on a big way, man. Slop for me is, uh, it's eight, dude, because, you know, these Type-0 cadets, man, I don't, yeah. uh, they're... It's like they're moving out of the green and just going into red and purple, so I think if you're still in green, you're just... Yeah, I don't know what's going on with... Uh with those uh and then just one card i will talk about fast because it's not getting mentioned at all this isn't in the slop or the prop pile it's in the i see you i see you white mage standard unit pile mm -hmm. this three drop white mage standard unit has a zero cost ability which is just kind of neat and it uh it says you choose a guy and the next damage dealt to it's reduced by 2000 so it's like you know like the cecil deck where it's mm -hmm. like you uh you cover somebody i i think that that's kind of cool white mage is putting like a little like a, like a stone skin or something on them mm -hmm. um it's just it's just a neat little standard unit. I love that he has a zero cost action ability to like that's a lot of uh normally standard units they come in and they do the thing or they attack and do the thing or they you know their ability is like tap which makes it thing. bad and I'll never use it. Yeah, so I, I think this is kind of cool that he can do it when he comes out. You know, it's just like a little I, I'm not about to be playing him or anything. I just uh mm -hmm. I like that card. Cool card. Absolutely. And just for me real quick, um I like Pavlov and Barbarisha. Ooh, Pavlov I think yeah, Pavlov is just a neat card. I mean, it's it's a it's a Crystal Chronicle. Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah, Crystal mm -hmm. Chronicles backup, which is already innately good. It's something that's pretty much free. It's going to activate two Crystal Chronicles characters, which is awesome. Like it's just it's just it's a good two CP backup that that goes into that engine. And uh, I think Barbarisha is just a really good card. Um, I like the fact that she presents a two K cleave on the board by herself, which I know that's yeah, I, I, Adam Duncan loves his Wind Lightning deck, and I think this <laughs> this is the barb you play in that deck because it just enables the rest of your deck. Yeah. Um. So I think it's just a really neat card. And if Dud, uh, again, Dud, I think we talked about him earlier. I think Balthier. I think if Balthier could put uh, a two CP Wind forward or a like a or, or a category twelve forward, like being like really, if he could put that Ash into play, I think he'd be worth looking at again. Mm -hmm. But the fact that he's, I mean, he's He's clearly a card that was made for the Funtier Sky Pirates deck in mind, but I just I, great locals deck. I think that's where you should play it. But I think I think it had potential to be a lot more because I mean, there Balthier used to there used to be a playable Balthier back in what Opus three that was like a pretty prominent card. But yeah, no one's like other than the six CP bond, you don't really see much. Dude, just and make Balthier a Final Fantasy twelve guy. Because why does he always have to do Sky Pirate things? He doesn't do yeah. Sky Pirate things for all of Final Fantasy XII. He's mm -hmm. just palling around with the Final Fantasy XII dudes. The Sky Pirate yeah. shit is all Revenant Wings. And, like, exactly. I just, you know, come on, man. Like, uh, like that Ash makes total sense. He should just be able to play. We don't, yeah. like, they just try this to... This card's a heroic, these... by the way. 
They print just... really bad ashes, and then they give them the job Sky Pirate. They're like, oh, there we go, guys. Like, no, let's stop that. Just let him do things with 12 cards. Uh, yeah, like you said, yeah. this is gorgeous art, dude, and gone to waste. Yep. And now moving on to Earth. I actually want to go first on Earth because uh, one of my favorite cards in this set is actually in Earth. Um, uh, for me, I, the stud, and I think he's, I, you know, we, we, we talked about two CP forwards earlier, how they're very, very prominent. I think one that is super under the radar, but I think is really, really good is the new Scarmaglion. Oh, baby. Um, oh, baby. It's got, I fucking love this card. It's got back attack and first strike, and it's doing double damage. There's so much goofy shit you can do with this card. Um, I absolutely love it, and I can't wait to to do some janky things with it. Um, I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, and a dud... Man, I don't even I I don't even want to talk about Vanille because that card. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking, bro. Oh man. But uh, if I had to pick a <laughs> if I had to pick a dud, um, I, I man, I'm actually gonna give dud status to to Leo. Honestly, um, really? I think it's a neat card. I think it's just a slow card. Um, I think, uh, and we talked about this when we first spoiled him. Like he's kind of doing what Lena does. Mm-hmm. but the fact that Lena can kind of do it whenever um, makes her a little bit better. Now, granted, they, 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 it's kind of an apples and oranges comparison because Leo's in a category and doing things that make him unique, mm-hmm. but Lena being a light card kind of makes her a little more universal. Um, and there's ways to put counters back on her, whereas Leo, if you want more counters, you have to, uh, you know, play another one. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, I, I just don't think this card's going to see any kind of play unless there's something like really dedicated to his ability. That, that's my stud and dud, but I could talk about fucking Scarmaglion all day long. Uh, John, what about you, brother? All right, dude, my stud for Earth is going to be, uh, this 5CP Monk, bro. So yes. monks in general, uh, we always talk about a monk away or whatever, though we are not kidding that every time they get another, like, one more good monk just really means that much to those decks. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw monks doing very well the very last tournament we had for 12.5. Mm-hmm. Uh, the monks in here, you know, the new dual element, absolutely banana nuts uh, card is a monk, uh, so there's just going to be some more monk stuff going on. Uh, but the fact that this dude is just required... The cost required to cast him is reduced by one for each monk you control. So this guy can just be like a one drop monk and he's multiplayable and you know, just, yeah, I think he's just uh, he's a good rate for just, yeah. I need more monks, right? Yeah, just a great bullet for yeah, her. Yeah, exactly. Just a dude. Great bullet in her fucking six shooter. Exactly, shooters. dude. Uh, and this is also, like the, uh, go ahead. Uh, sorry. No, no, no. This is, uh, this is, uh, kind of like the, um, the reign of monks. Yeah. Except right? for, you can't play it for free, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. He can't be, he can't quite be free, but you know, it's still one for, like you said, the big old 8K bullet in her gun, right? Uh, yeah. Also, Yang, dude, the more I read this card, the better he gets, and the more I like, I like him, him over some of the other Yangs. We talk about, like, oh, well, I don't know if I can play this, because, like, the, the four-drop Yang into Ursula thing is so good, and it's like, dog, but he just does that, though. He only needs damage one to do it. But, you know, he enters the field, he plays a monk or card named monk from your hand on the field. No cost restriction mm-hmm. or anything at all, dude. This guy can just slam out Ma if he wants to. Um, and then he also, you know, at damage three, he gives all the monks 1,000 and brave, just like they just have it. Uh, I actually think this Yang is gas, dude. 
I think that uh, these two cards, I know that I'm focusing hard on monks here, but yeah, I, I think those are really good cards for, for that deck. Um, monks is a really scary deck, I will say that. Yeah, yeah dude, absolutely. Especially, like I said, after we watched uh, Nick put that show on last week, uh, you know, Colin's like, yeah, you know, it's a, it's scary, but, <laughs> you know, we don't know who won last week. No, but uh, really, I think that just both of these monks, just uh, they help it punch even harder. Uh, the slop is, is Hugh Yerg, dude. I don't know if they, like, what this guy did to betray Hobby Japan or if, like, this guy is just annoying in the game or something. I don't know much about the character, but apparently they don't like him very much because yeah. this this is just, like, the shittiest card. Couldn't this just have said, <laughs> couldn't this have just said Brave on it? Like, why is this Brave conditional, dude? If He was a yeah. four-cost Brave AK. He's just Guy, right? From, like, yeah. he's, he's worse than Guy. Guy still has yeah. another line of text. I mean, I, and yeah, I know the guy's a hero, but he's also 12 sets ago. Like, what is this card? Yeah, definitely the duddiest 4CP AK I've seen in a Dude, long like, time. like, what the hell is this guy doing, bro? Big old <laughs> fucking goof. What is he doing, dude? He larges a he How is he a named slow. character, bro? He's worse than the, <laughs> the, the, the fucking standard units, bro. Like, mm -hmm. the like the shitty 4-drop AK... Like oh, if you pay the this and do that, and you pay the, the if you if you bend over backwards, this card's still okay. They're just better than Hugh Yerg. I don't understand, man. He's even his category can't save him, and that's saying a lot. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Colin, what are your thoughts on Earth, bud? Um, Cecil's probably my standout yes. card. Actually, I, I wanted to say something about him, but I was like, Colin's probably going to mention Cecil. <laughs> yeah, like I really like EX burst decks, so. Um, mm. Cecil's ability to like potentially do that and kill something is pretty cool. Um, he turns Yang on right away. There you go, done and done. Yeah, yeah. nothing much to say about that. Uh, I like, I like Abyss Worm a lot. I think that card mm -hmm. is very underrated. I agree. Um, I think that he'll probably be best in the builds that are playing the uh, the selfie or the uh, Sophie the Sophie builds. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so definitely a card to like keep a lookout for like having the 3000 and brave isn't such a big deal but the fact that you can just have multiple out is pretty powerful and it comes becomes a 7k at 3k or 3 damage so mm -hmm. um that's a bonus but uh yeah, yeah i'm pump, coming around on the worm for sure yeah dude, if think i'm of playing like... like a proactive deck where i need to have make sure my uh forwards have more power than yours like definitely something to work mm -hmm. look at Dude, think about like Exodus just being how like sometimes you'd be like, yeah, I'm just gonna plus three k this guy and and mm -hmm. you know it's like okay he does that but then post that he's still just a seven k forward like this guy can just deal damage you know mm -hmm. it's uh I, I do think that this and uh, the O two like first of all any one CP seven k is just good so it's like mm -hmm. okay they all have their one CP seven k's with enter abilities at damage three like that's really really efficient. So the enter ability has to be really bad for the card to not be good. Well, unfortunately for a lot of the monsters, the enter ability is pretty bad. But yep. Abyss Worm and Ochu, I think, uh, they definitely have enough gas, dude. I think this card's good. Think about anything that cares about its power and also the fact that Brave comes with it. Monks loves this card. Uh, yep. You know, Scions loves this card. Sophie loves this card. Yeah, I, uh, Spaghetti Gilgamesh loves this card. I think that this is a pretty neato Cheeto monster. And then, Actually. um, man, maybe one last card I want to touch on is yeah. Graf. Uh, 
definitely probably again best in the Sophie uh the Sophie multi element decks. Mm-hmm. Um that you just all your forwards want to gain a ton of power. Um definitely worth a look at for sure, but maybe it's just like a one a one or two of for the special mm-hmm. and that's about it. Mm-hmm. I just I can't all these vanilla cards, all these vanilla three CP forwards are just so underwhelming to me for some reason. I don't know what it is, but even with their bonus abilities, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking about it, and I'm thinking about how much better Marsh Ritz is. <laughs> I'm just like, ah, <laughs> yeah. uh, why? I want all my stuff to be free, but mm-hmm. no, it, it's it's cool, like. <clears throat> having having all if you're playing a Mobius deck, obviously this is like pretty much audio auto include. Like I, mm-hmm. I really like this card a lot. Yeah, um I, I guess I guess the new starter, uh what's the earth starter? Crystal Exarch? Yeah, Crystal Exarch. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I don't know why. No, it's okay. He gives I one guy starter a lot or play with the starter cards a lot, so I don't remember a lot of the names. But um that card's awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean and I, I don't know how powerful this card is versus that one. I guess Crystal Ar- Exarch as a card is probably better in itself because it it's just like a pump ability on either player's turn. But um, I guess in the right build, you could probably just run both. But uh, I definitely I definitely think Grav is worth taking a look at. Yeah, just for its special. <clears throat> no, absolutely. Um, uh, and now moving on to Lightning, I think there are some obvious standout excellent cards here uh you know so somebody you know alert the purple baron because there's some uh there's some good stuff happening here in my opinion <laughs> I, uh, think he's, I think he's on high alert <laughs> oh man that's right there put the send the send the uh send the uh you know put the signal up put the airplane signal up whatever the baron signal get the scarf <laughs> flapping in the breeze <laughs> the scarf it's just like a like a pilot's uh helmet and scarf. yeah it's like the red baron <laughs> the silhouette of the red baron logo but uh, the, the manderville man arm just like that's right <laughs> i love it i love it but uh colin we'll circle back to you here in a second um just real quick i think the cards i like here obviously and they're ones i've actually played with uh, i think sakura and zemus are immediate standout backups um and the five cp dragoon is something i'm really really enjoying that it's very very good in that deck which is become an actual deck here in since the last set but uh colin let's uh talk about it it's Tell me what you think. What are your? Uh, you were talking about it earlier, but uh, what's your uh, what's your stud here in lightning? A lid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody's gonna agree. hot pants herself. <laughs> Nobody's gonna agree with me on this card at all. Like I I I just lid is so cool to me. Like mm-hmm. you get the value when she enters. You get the value when she breaks. Uh, potentially, if you're playing like a ton of multi-element cards, which conveniently this set has. Um, <laughs> I built. I already built a couple different decks with her with a lot of different multi-element themes around it mm-hmm. um our special is pretty cheap um again it, it's dealing 10k to afford if you have the multi-element card out so i'm just imagining turns where i'm playing like the new uh aldor uh mm-hmm. is it, did I get the name right aldor mm-hmm. uh, yeah no, wait. um wait uh for the uh for the red lightning the red lightning yeah yeah, yeah. aldor uh, aldor emperor yeah aldor emperor yeah so like i'm just imagining turns where i'm like slamming lid getting the outdoor emperor playing the outdoor emperor killing something and and then i'm st- i still have like one cp up for like her special or something cool like it, you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it's just there's so much potential with this card and then like even when it's dying or you're blocking something you're getting some kind of value out of it so like 
this is like a this is like a draw to like seven K body on the field and that gets you value. So that that is my mm-hmm. uh stud of Lightning Opus thirteen, but I guarantee people are gonna be like, What the hell is wrong with him? Well, there's there's a lot of good cards in Lightning this set, which is so. I mean, there, there, I like how you kind of picked one that's maybe off the beaten path, other than you know someone like myself who was like Sakura. Sakura is a great purple card. Zemus, great purple card. Um, Dragoon, great for that deck. Um, you know, and I know John's probably going to talk about one that I mean, another one that's just obviously good. Like, I feel like we um, just have to. How do I not say? I can't let us go through this segment and not talk about Burger King and Lightning. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, well, that or that Odin and Odin as well, right? Too, like, these yeah. are the. I want to talk about probably another one that you know people have been experimenting with. But, yeah, I'll um, go right ahead. Uh, where is it? Uh, Rafa. Rafa. Boom. Mm-hmm. Card is awesome. Called it. Uh, yeah, I agree. Card does so, so, much. <laughs> so much. Oh my god! So even putting pushing past the Maroc ability. Ignore um, that guy. Yeah, just ignore that thing. Uh. Being able to wipe your opponent's board with the 4K action ability at damage three, and then playing like Fina or something is busted. That is so good. Um, so like it's only 9K, but like being how many times have you seen three forwards in your opponent's side of the uh, board, and you'd be like, oh wow, like two of them have 7K, and another one has like 9K. You know what I mean? Like it's just mm-hmm. so much potential in this. So um, card's awesome. It breaks itself. Uh, you can play three and not have to worry about, mm-hmm. um, you know, having to ditch one if you have to. If you draw doubles, yeah. um, I think there's up to twelve thousand damage. Yeah, it, the two drop backup that breaks itself. Yeah, field, twelve thousand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just it's so good with so many different uh, board wipes that I, I just cannot include it in my list for all stars. Dude, like, is it? It's backup breakability is this this is literally strago's s ability mm-hmm. yep right isn't yeah. his twelve thousand divided among all their forwards yeah it is equally amongst all their forwards. <laughs> yeah equally. so 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 this is literally his s ability on three forwards also let's not backup. forget the uh final fantasy final fantasy tactics um theme so mm-hmm. i can see you know a water lightning wind list or something you know what i mean like there's so much so many cool things you could do with this card so i'm 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 pretty excited for that backup nice nice now john what about you what uh what what purple cards are revving your engine here what's uh what's your stud all right so burger king's obviously good uh he doesn't rev my engine but he's just a very cool card lightning is also yeah. an insane card uh not like you know my pick just i i feel like people will get mad if we somehow go through this segment and none of us say oh i like behemoth king or lightning like yeah I, you know they're good they're very very good cards mm-hmm. um my standout uh besides rafa who just does way too much so I, it has to be this odin look this odin yeah. man i was not convinced not that i thought it was bad i just wasn't sure um, but the more I played it, the first layer of my thinking was, hey, this actually just ends up being like the four, just better than the four drop Odin in a lot of situations, right? Mm-hmm. Then the next layer of my thinking was, this ends up being better than the seven drop Odin in a lot of situations. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the third layer of my thinking happened when I got to damage five and I just went, oh shit, this card's incredible. Uh, wow, does a two CP kill whatever? I mean, it's five, uh, cost five or less, but you know, basically uh kill the You're biggest problem guys 
Yeah, for for two. Uh, wow, the price is right, man. No longer are you stretching to fit enough Odins in the Lightning Odin deck. Nowadays, you have too many Odins, and you are mm. cutting Odins out of the Lightning Odin deck. Uh, I think that this Odin has, you know, it's got an EX in the corner, which is what that deck wants to stack. You know, you would love to pick nine Odins with an EX in the corner, right? Now, mm -hmm. you get to put three of the seven drop Odin, three of this guy, and you can go ahead and just put the one that kills the two drops in if you want, because that's pretty relevant right now. Uh, and wow, now we've got all of our Odins, our EX Bursts. Um, I, I, this is cool in the Damage Yourself decks, which are going to definitely be a thing. Uh, Lightning mm -hmm. Fire, stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I think that uh, this card is better than I thought it was, and I didn't think it was bad. It's just like that much better. Uh, just to go along with another thing you were talking about with the um, just the general ability of breaking it cost five or less, right? Like, there's yeah. so many good cards in this set that have cost five or less that we needed we needed a another Odin to fill that role. Yeah. Uh, like kind of like Diabolus did in Opus Five, right? Mm -hmm. We want to be able to kill those things that um are just like super impactful to the board. Uh, so this this fits in really nicely, and, and like the reduced cost is like super cool. The Lightning um, just didn't have a way to to kill a five drop like that, like a five or six cost card. You had to cast right. Big Odin, and there's so many good mm -hmm. five drops. <laughs> it's just like yep. so many. Yep. So absolutely. And I think we can all agree, propagators like the dud here, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, propagator. I hate that card so much. <laughs> you don't like the art there, dude? Yeah, it's not you. It, everything about this card is just bad. Well, what except for the. I can't except exactly. For the, except for the uh, the monster ability and how cheap it is, I mm -hmm. guess it's okay. But the 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 first auto ability is probably not as relevant as the other cards in the the series. Dude, I can tell where the legs are. Uh, like I, like I could definitely identify the thighs, I think. And that's about it. <laughs> I don't like, know what else is my, going on here. What? I guess my goal for this card would be to like attack with a forward that has less power than my opponents and then like play the propagator and kill it. Got him. That's yeah, it's like that's the coolest part probably about this card, but I there's there's so many situations of where my opponent just doesn't block anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like obviously if I'm attacking with a forward that has less power than yours, like I have something in my hand, right? Like nobody's ever gonna like take that bait unless they really, really think they're gonna win that trade. Mm -hmm. But like when that's happening, like how many times is this card going to be relevant in that situation where like you're just doing that exact play right so mm -hmm. like i just i can't see this being good i guess it's good early but like in the mid to late game i just i just think this card's just so average and bad mm -hmm. so I, I i definitely think this card's a dud yeah, absolutely. And uh, otherwise, Lightning's got a lot going on for it. Now, boys, we're gonna we're getting to. You know, I I know both of you more so as you know as water players. Mm -hmm. So we're getting into that element now. Um, John, I know you've been playing with a lot of these water cards. Um, so I'm gonna start with you on this element. Go ahead and give me because you can't just limit it to one stud. Because I've seen a few I cards in water that are actually really really good, and you're probably gonna talk about one that I actually like after being uh, seeing it be played. And Colin, I'm sure you've probably got some cards down here that you like as well. But uh, John, go ahead and tell me. Studs, duds, and the water element. All right. Uh, 
I, I think that I'm, I'm sorry to steal it. I don't know, <laughs> but it's got to be like Sarah, number one, right? Like, first of all, this Sarah backup, this four cause water backup is like a North Stalin. This card was printed favorite. just for you, by dude. The way. It's like a North Stalin for all my favorite cards. Um, mm -hmm. I love the Prince decks. I love the Knight decks and type shit. Uh, it's just awesome with a lot of the new things they've been doing with princesses lately. Job Prince, Job King, Job Princess just hits so many targets in so many colors that this card uh, enables a lot of the cool stuff I'm doing this set. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's just, uh, it's really good and it lets you play in so many sandboxes with the same kind of core engine. Um, the other card that I have to say that might be getting underrated, but people really, like, Boy, anytime a card has this much text on it, it's Agrius, man. God, yes. Fuck, that was mine. Yes, absolutely. That card is nuts. Agrius is, uh, I think everybody that I've played it against had the same moment that I had the first time I played it, where you're just like, wait, what? Like, yeah, hold like, on. Oh, shit. Like, draw a card and kill that thing. Like, what do you mean draw a card and kill the thing? <laughs> it's like, oh, Velia yeah. turns on this whole card, and if you can make it cheaper with Beatrix. And then at the end of all that, if the two cost of Velia is down... Uh, this ends up being just like, oh, uh, I, yeah, I drew a card, I did the thing, oh, it's a 10k. Like, mm -hmm. you know, very, very cool. Um, and then, uh, you know, not to keep taking cards, I'm sorry, but I just have to mention all three of these guys together. Uh, the third one goes to Nickel. Uh, mm -hmm. Nickel, the card, uh, I underrated him when I first saw him, and he is quickly becoming, uh, much better than I gave him credit for. He has drawn me many, many cards already, and, uh, he and I look to draw many more together. Yeah, I still don't like the the one. I still don't like the one per turn thing because I know when we were playing last night, you were ready to draw that second one, baby. Yeah, dude. I mean, there was uh, the one time where I would have drawn the second one, but it's almost like win more, right? Like I don't have to draw the second mm -hmm. one. Like the fact that he's drawn me one over like even two turns, three turns is pretty nuts. And the one K on the dual element, especially yeah, in that one um, deck, uh, that really helps. Well, and yeah, because I forgot about the one K. I walked right into it, and I was like, oh shit, I forgot he does that. Mm -hmm. Um. Because in my head, I thought he was like the other one that like he tapped to do that, but no. Yeah, no. he's like and, an anthem. Yeah, and he falls back into that two CP category. So you know, I, I initially when I first saw, it, I really didn't like the card. I don't like it that much, but I think it is. I, I think it's a playable card. It is a playable piece of that uh, mm -hmm. that engine. So yeah, I'll definitely I'll definitely eat my hat on that one. Uh, it's a better card than I initially thought. Yeah, same. Yep. Uh, my slop so a card that people are gonna like and they're gonna be surprised they don't like that i don't think is as good as people think it is is ovelia yeah because oh, i'll tell you what dude anybody who's been playing me for the last uh two days they've been seeing me play ovelia all the time it's not that one yep. uh i, I mean dude the thing is you play this card for three and it just still hasn't done anything and then you're like boy howdy i sure hope one of my final fantasy tactics forwards dies when i need a card like or i guess what is it a consolation prize for losing one of your forwards like it's just not proactive at all it's barely it's not even like a neutral thing it's just slow and you're trying to get advantage back over time uh to me this ovelia is like hey dude people aren't playing rosa where like oh when your guy gets targeted by a summon you draw a card like like uh yeah it's a little different because your tactics forward what it's either gonna die or you know it'll be swinging i guess like mm -hmm. oh it, there's more inevitability there but I just, it's like uh, three CP backups where you hope you get cards from them later just don't seem like they've ever been that great. Aegis is cool, but I've got to play three of this Ovelia in my deck now. I'm already not really trying to play like three of Wakas or anything that, you know, Wakas a little outdated, but you know, any of the cards that are, uh, that are unique, you know, we're really not at three of those anymore unless it's something like a Norstalen or a Sarah. And yeah, if you resolve that as ability, it's really cool. Oh, haste. Oh, when it dies, it comes back, blah, blah, blah. But like Lunafreya does the same thing. It didn't see a lot of play. It had a lot of the same problems, right? 
Luna Freya was an expensive backup that didn't do anything for you when it came into play. You just kind of hoped it was cool, and your opponent can see it, and they just have all, like, you know, they can plan for this stuff. I just, you know. Yeah, you're hoping for the water cooler moment that never happens. Dude, meanwhile, you drop the other Ovelia down, like, turn one. You search it out. It's a two-drop backup, so you go Sarah, Ovelia, boom, and now Agrius is just ready to plow, dude. Um, yeah. So that's, that's where I'm at on the water for this set. Uh, Colin, what do you think? Uh, yeah, touching back on what John said, like, when I'm thinking about Avalia, I want my backups, like, we live in a world where, like, we need our backups down, like, now, like, yesterday, you know what I mean? Like, we need to have, there's two, two, two CP backups down turn one into my, uh, four CP Nucera, that's what I want. Mm -hmm. Setting up, you know, some kind of, uh, thing with, like, Agrius, you know what I mean? So, like, I... I'm just uh I'm just not a fan of Avalia. Um you pretty much said pretty much everything I was gonna say. Like it's just too slow. <coughs> and in a world where we're in a we just don't have time to sit around and deal with that uh sort of special. Mm -hmm. Um you know, because we're gonna be playing all those Marsh Ritz decks, it just doesn't stand out to me. Um in any way. I guess the draw card's a pretty cool ability, but um yeah, I was going to say uh, Nickel's really good with, like, you know, Sarah and Sophie in the Sarah and Sophie decks. You know, we want to be able to just play Nickel, play Sarah, draw our card, get our pump, set up everything we want to set up. Um, also returnable with, like, Lena. Mm -hmm. So we can just, like, Lena, <laughs> Nickel, play our multi-element forward the same turn on five backups, pass, draw, you know, have an extra draw. Or, yeah, a know, lot of these water two CPs breathe a lot of new life into the old Opus Three Legend, Lena. For sure. Yeah, I I definitely think with all these two CP water forwards we're seeing, like <clears throat> Lena's for sure making a comeback. A big, like, way. A, big way, big way. Yeah, the premier five drop. So, um, definitely cards that stand out to me, uh, for mm. sure. I'm not quite yeah. sure. I'm not quite sure where uh I'm at with the new Viking mm -hmm. yet. Because I I guess I could see a world where we're playing Viking into Viking into like you know Sarah and Sophie and you know just flooding the board with like all these forwards and then drawing our free card for the turn. Mm -hmm. I guess there's a world where that happens, um, but that's conditional on the fact that you're running like the what we have twelve Vikings now with this printing. So. Mm -hmm. We have to run 12 Vikings to make this work. Yep. And then you got to hit it off the top. And John knows him and I, boy, howdy. When you have to yeah. reveal five, you're just, you're just going to miss. Yeah. I, I guess, uh, I, I mean, when I was initially building my Sarah uh, Sophie decks, I was kind of building along this line of thinking. So I actually did, did build a Viking list with um, this in mind, which is pretty cool. Um, so I, I think it has potential, but I'm not quite sure because obviously I haven't played any games of Opus 13, so I have no idea. But <laughs> I think it's I think it's pretty oh, neat. Sorry. Um, I on. guess uh, Keynazo is a card worth hitting on, right? Uh, just because of the the combo potential you have with you know a deck that floods really easy, um, having the ability to just like kill something when you have you know your Lena Viking come into play and like another forward come into play at the same turn. Uh, it's all really cheap stuff. Um, 
Yeah, I was discounting Cagnazzo a bit because I think that the second thing is just hard to do. But it mm -hmm. turns out that uh, him, A, he doesn't die or anything like that when he cashes in the counters. Uh, and B, the three counters for minus 8k on something is actually just gross. So I think Cagnazzo mm -hmm. is actually pretty damn good. And uh, we love the word, Chris, the inevitability of like, the, yeah, you better do something about this. Like, are you really going to let me get to seven? Uh-oh, here, oh, we're ticking yep. up, we're ticking up. The well, doomsday clock is getting closer to midnight, baby. Are That's we... right. Yeah, and it's like, the, I guess the real question with this card is, like, how do we keep it alive long enough for that to happen? Because, you know, like, people are going to be running around with, like, a lightning build of some sort that, like, mm -hmm. deals a lot of damage to forwards. So, like, if I'm if I'm thinking about this correctly, like, when I play Kegnazo, I'm probably just, like, playing a turn where I'm playing, like, three three things, at least, yeah. in that mm -hmm. same turn. So, um, having the unfortunate power of 4,000 with, like, cards <laughs> like Rafa and Rafa in the set is kind of kind of sucks, but um, the upside is you know if you're not playing against a lightning deck, you could potentially like keep it alive for maybe a turn or two. Mm -hmm. So I guess I, it's weak against fire. Like I I don't know like fire or lightning really kind of strike this card down, but it's definitely a card worth like looking at. Well, Chris's favorite water card to talk about is a perfect uh example perfect of how you foil can to that. of how you can keep that card in play and protect it yeah i think the new leviathan is an excellent excellent card um i haven't seen any i mean obviously we're talking we're like negative 30 days on the set right so like i played one no yesterday played chris i thought of you it felt great. Did it feel good? It did, dude. It KP, did. KP was like, that does what? <laughs> yeah, that, that's all you need to say. <laughs> it draws a card? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and my guy lives? That's pretty good. Dude, and all my guys, uh, he had, um, he was playing Water Lightning, so he had a Cloud of Darkness that was coming in for an attack, and a Sid Mid that were uh -huh. coming in, so he was going to, like, attack in a party with Cloud of Darkness and deal 8k to something and shrink something else, and I was just like, Leviathan. <laughs> like, nobody, <laughs> nobody takes anything at all. Uh, I'm gonna... Like favorably block your party because I take five thousand less damage, and you can't target mm -hmm. me with any of those abilities, dude. Uh, and draw a card. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Chris has been high on this card since this card got spoiled, and uh, he is—he's very right. Yeah, it's an excellent water summon. Probably one of the I best agree. water. Probably the best water summon we've seen since Famfrit, like old Famfrit, personal pan Famfrit. Yeah, and with uh, if you're playing Yuna, it's cost one. That's pretty Which awesome. Is insane to me yep all right so, now we're getting into the the last kind of bit here um you know since there's only two light and dark cards we'll go ahead and lump those in with the multi elements as well because i mean i i personally don't think there's a lot to talk about there but uh but colin i have i have been known to be wrong about these things so uh what are your thoughts on materia and spiritus uh i hate these cards i think they're worse. perfect <laughs> uh well, i, I hate these cards <laughs> Moving so, on from light and dark. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. Roop, that's now, Roop's scoop, ladies and gentlemen. That is Roop's scoop, yes. Yeah, sorry, guys. I don't like these cards at all. Um, I think that they're too slow. I think mm -hmm. that you have to have uh, probably multiple copies early in your hand, or a copy of it early in your hand to make it worth it. Because like, I want to have a turn where I'm like playing two backups, and then the following turn, like, Maybe play the dark one, get the Camelot, get a Chaos or something, and then pass. Or, you know, have the ability to find another backup. But, like, I'm already investing so many things in the one card that I just, I can't see it being good. Um, yeah. 
also late like i guess it's cool when you play the one cp dark one and then you're able to pay nine and get the need hog or something need mm-hmm. or something like that you know what i mean but like Good I guess Lord. probably <laughs> the only reason I would play it. Yeah, but it's just so slow. Oh, it just makes me sick. I, I want it to be should. so good, but it's just not. So I will just end my <clears throat> rant about that. Yeah, absolutely. I could see like uh, the materia is interesting because materia can get light cloud who searches for like your whole damn deck kind of thing. Um, you know, so it's like just guaranteeing you a certain amount of action or like you play materia and then you uh get lena and that's pretty good and you know because i'm specifically mentioning materia because you have uh the princess goblin that searches like like it's easier to get materia early but with any of these cards the problem is you're filling your deck with lighter dark cards and this is the one that you need to see like as early as possible or first right because you can't play this down if you already have a light character because it doesn't have that extra clause. It only says you can play two or more, but that has to be on the field for that to be in effect. So it's like, mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. They do a lot. So it's potentially, you know, uh, any card that does a lot. But, I guess um, mm. I, I will say, I guess it's kind of cool that you can get Kadaja with the dark one. Because um, I think, I still think Kadaja is very, very, very much relevant. Yeah, just get um, him out as soon as possible, kind of thing. Yeah, like I, I want to turn where I guess I play like a backup turn one and turn two. I play the um, uh, the search for a forward or one CP or a monster mm-hmm. one CP card, and then I play another backup and pass, and then I play Spiritus into Gadage. I guess that's a play, you know. But um, yeah, outside of that, it's just I don't like exact situation cards, and I don't like cards that I have to see early to be good. Mm-hmm. So, especially in dark or light, so I don't know. Yeah, so you're asking for a lot of things to kind of line up timing-wise for you here. Yeah, we don't like the uh, have everything aligned with the moon and stars cards, so... Yeah, I agree. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, I'm not... Y'all beat those horses to death, and uh, I'm just going to step right on over them. So, we're going to go into the multi-element stuff. We're going to start with uh, the the legacy ones. Uh, the one ofs that were multi-element cards from the last set. So we'll start with Laswell, who's a fire ice multi-element. Um, I don't. I mean, there's only one, so we can't really go studs and duds on this one. I don't really know what to think of this card. I think it's okay, but I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know if you're. I don't know if you're playing this guy. Um, you know, some somebody sell me on it. I guess that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking to be sold on Laswell. So John, I'll... we'll start with you. Oh, yeah, or okay. Colin, go ahead. Colin, the stand, no, 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 stand no. up. Colin was ready, talk? dude. Colin, go, please. All right, I just had a thought real quick about this Hit card. Hit us with the thought. All right, so I'm thinking of this card as, like, a color-fixing card for, like, a third mm-hmm. color. Mm-hmm. Because, like, it's pretty cool. Like, it has Job King. Um, So I can see it in, like, a Fire Ice Earth deck. You can search it with, uh, was it Claris? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's color-fixing. It's an FFB uh, card, obviously. It does something okay when it comes into play. Like, if you ever have to play it, like it discards a card. Um, but overall, like, the power is very underwhelming. Um, the second ability isn't really too relevant unless you're playing, like, a lot of burns. So, mm-hmm. in my mind, this... I actually, uh, when I was talking about uh, the FFTA cards, the Sid Randall and... Uh, um, 
I'm drawing a blank here. The other ice one. We went over. Uh, with the P. I'm sorry, I don't. Oh, Vesalia. Vesalia. Yeah. <laughs> no, Remedy. Remedy. Oh, Remedy. 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 Oh, sorry. So, sorry. So when I'm playing, when I'm playing Remedy, said Randall. Uh, like the FFDA cards and stuff, and like Ice Wind. Mm. I guess I want I want this card in my deck because it offers Fire CP. So I'm playing like two copies of it to start or to pay for like my marsh. You can search for it with the uh, Moogle backup too. Oh the, yeah, the Wind Moogle backup. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So that's a it's it's a fixing card. So I I that's what I think of this card as. That's all I have to no, say. That's fair. That is fair, John. What are your thoughts on Laswell? Uh, the best Laswell dual element card is the original dual element card, the four CP Laswell <laughs> that pigs yes. a guy when he comes into play. Uh, yeah, I mean, outside Definitely of, uh, better. outside of, like, discarding this guy, yeah, I don't know, I don't see him. That's fair. Yeah, I got, I got nothing to add there. So, Colin, you know, maybe, uh, I'm not really, I'm not there yet, but we'll see. Um, next we're gonna do the, uh, the Wind Ice, uh, dual element. We got Hope, uh, probably the best Hope we've seen. Oh, hands uh, down, the best Hope John, talk seen. to us, talk, talk to us about some Hope. Dude, Rebellion Hope is... are built on Hope. <laughs> Hope is pretty wild, bro. I mean, yeah. Uh, so when an active character opponent controls becomes dull due to your summons or abilities, freeze it. So let's just take that first. Let's not even get to the second half of the card. Hope takes mm-hmm. snow and just gases him up, dude. Hope is just like snow, dude. Everybody loves you, man. They say you're so cool and popular and strong. And snow is just really feeling himself when Hope's on the field, dude. And he, you're attacking and you're just dulling and freezing a guy of choice whenever anyone attacks. Um, you get to play something like Ultimecia to just dull, you know, I'll, I'll choose freeze all your backups and dull two forwards. Just kidding. It's also dull and freeze two forwards and, and, you know, all your backups, um, just really helps a lot of those cards that, uh, oftentimes you see a card and it's like the freeze is conditional or it only dulls. And you're just wondering like, man, like dull and freeze only feel good when they're together. Uh, it just helps all the dull abilities get there. Very cool. Then uh, his second guy is when a dull character you control becomes active due to your summons or abilities, choose up to two characters you control and activate them. Uh, yeah, it only triggers once per turn, but pfft, like, hello? Uh, absolutely absurd. Anything that you're already abusing the activation of, uh, this just helps you abuse it even further. It's a separate character activation trigger off of one activation effect. So with uh, Barrel Eye out, it's uh, almost surely a board wipe. And uh, hope is one k over curve because he's just here to be cool, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh this is everything that you want for that ice wind deck. Very very strong, very cool card. Excellent, Colin. What do you think about hope? Um, I'm not I'm not quite there yet with hope. Mm-hmm. Um, he's above the curve on like three CP eight k. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. I think this is one of those cards you kind of have to build your deck around. And, like, I'm not saying I'm not in a positive light. Um, I just, I guess Snow is really cool with Hope. Um, it's a little slow. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I I guess the free abilities, the, the free characters to activate when you're playing, like, a bunch of activation effects is really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um Imagine I, I, you I haven't O2 really... And you untap four backups. When I'm first reading it, it's really impressive. Um, I just I don't know how I'm fitting it in my wind ice list uh, that I'm currently building, but I haven't really experimented enough to really like give an observation on this card on how it's relevant to um, everything else. 
that I'm trying to do with the deck. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm I, I want to play, I want to play a bunch of stuff that like, I want to play like Ed, Edward uh, Eduardo mm-hmm. is the one that I want to play like an Eduardo deck with this card. I don't know why, but like it feels like right thing to do. Yeah, just freeze um, them all, bro. Exactly. Yeah, like I, I want to play some kind of like Eduardo combo deck with Hope. Or like Renoa, like the old Renoa that just like yeah, she, does, she dulls everything, just like freeze yeah. Everything so too. when I'm looking at this card, I'm thinking about like combos, like yeah. kind of like I did with uh, uh, Barrelai. So, mm-hmm. um, but I haven't, I haven't like really come up with a list yet for it. So, um, I do have to say one of the things that is uh like really cool about this card and in general this color combination is that you could go ahead and you could windmill slam three copies of every single dual ice wind card into a deck and they work perfectly in a deck together and they all help each other do the thing mm-hmm. like yep. like literally just three riku three hope three barrel i three lock and you are golden you are already there like that like wow that offers that color combination so much consistency yeah so like I, I think the list is there. I think, uh, I think if I'm playing like uh, this with like all those cards, like plus like maybe Eduardo and like Ishtola backup to keep the Eduardo alive, like that. <laughs> that's like that's a pretty cool thing to me. Um, much like the barrel eye combo deck, mm-hmm. uh, that has been seeing play. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the new players out there, uh, you know check out like some of the older tournaments from you know a couple of weeks ago there's a lot of barrel light lists you know to take a look at but um yeah this this card just really really i guess uh builds on that foundation mm-hmm. with it so i'm pretty excited to you know start building my list with the, with uh, hope and figuring out like different combo strategies with him that would make it most efficient sure sure no, I like I like hope. I think I think you know John kind of hit the nail on the head, at least for me anyway. Um, it just kind of slides right in with whatever else it wants to do, and it has it has some it has a lot of different directions that you can go with it for sure. Um, next up, we've got our uh, our wind earth uh, forward uh, guy two point or Gooden if you're nasty. Uh, John, what do you think of your old, your old boy Gudon? Uh, I mean, hey, uh, I think that Earth Wind is maybe one of the most crowded archetypes. In the game mm-hmm. because earth wind is really just like anything just rainbow good cards um that being said i think this guy still maybe finds his way in as like a one of uh just because hey he's brave over curve it, he always has that wonderful ability that nice hidden innate ability of discard for either color um mm-hmm. uh, but he's got that attack twice in the same turn he's just you know he can be a real beater he's a decent neutral play uh, i think mm-hmm. it's just a good card sure colin your thoughts on old gordo Uh, well, I'm sorry. Gudon? That's okay. Not yeah. Gordo. <laughs> oh, old Gordo. <laughs> I got lost. Uh, he's Gudon. like Gordo. Uh, um, old Gordo. He's color fixing. He's, you know, again going back to the um solid like Earth Wind good stuff deck. Definitely great in there. Um, it it's definitely good with like if you're playing like a deck that has Unsuganashi to keep him alive. Um, definitely a very relevant uh attack beater. Um, and he's like obviously good against ice, so like that is that plus. So it, I guess it all depends on whether or not you're planning on seeing a lot of ice decks in the nuts in your future. Because yeah. if so, um, you know he's definitely a threat to be reckoned with. Yeah, um, definitely. That's really all I have to say about him. I mean, 
outside of his obvious abilities, he's just the big old, big old better duper. guy. Robotnik yep. chair looking. Upgraded Opus One guy. That's yeah, right. dude, exactly. He's literally upgraded, dude. We made him stronger, faster. We have the That's technology. Right. <laughs> well, I will say this: he's certainly better than Hugh Luck. Hugh Larg or whatever. <laughs> Hugh Yerg, dude. Oh my Hugh Yerg or whatever the hell that card's name is. I don't even care. It's so bad. Yeah, that guy sucks. <laughs> yeah. All and right. then, uh, no, I, I, actually, I, yeah, we got two more. Uh, we've got, I forgot about the fire water forward, but uh, next we got Ramza. Hmm. Yeah, that card's uh, hard to evaluate. We have Ramza and then two more, yeah. Yeah, Ram, no, Ramza, then Yuzuki, and then. Wall. Oh, yeah, that guy. I, I know. That was yeah. Wall. Uh, Ramza. So Ramza, I'm becoming more of a believer as I look at some of these FFT cards. Uh, the fact that like the backup uh, is Ra Rafa, Rafa, whatever. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. FFT fans. Um, that she's just like great by herself. Uh, Ovelia is just good. Agrius is just good. It's like as more of these Final Fantasy Tactics cards aren't a stretch and are just good, this becomes more and more possible. I think you're still stretching just a tiny bit. I think you're. I think you're an FF9 player trying to get VV up to a 10k when you're trying to put this card. You're like, oh, well, maybe we'll just put Mog9 in the deck. Like, all right, stop. You're already, you've stretched too far, right? I think that, uh, I think maybe you're one or two characters. You have to stretch a little far. But if you figure you have Simon, you have Avelia, you have Rafa, uh, you're getting close, you know? And once you get to five characters, yeah, there's nothing about this card that's bad. Uh, but up until it's easy to get to five characters, I think it's just better to play other Ramses. You heard it here. Agreed. Yeah, no, I third that motion. So uh, moving on to, uh, I guess we'll talk about Yuzu Yuzuki next, because I think Wall's kind of a turd. Uh, but we'll go to Yuzuki. Uh, Colin, what do you think of her? Um, I, I'm not convinced on that card. Next question. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, the fire water one that she reduced Yeah. yeah. So <sighs> I guess she's optimal for uh decks that are trying to uh prevent damage to things like i think she'd be probably really great with um the old 3 cp ash mm -hmm. um she would just be that much harder to kill uh so <sighs> she's just so generic with her power though that's the only problem with her that i see like her power is the issue and, and I you think mentioned that it earlier, right? So another slow three drop seven K kind of thing. Yeah, and I, I still think it's worse than Aerith, it's just in different colors. Mm -hmm. So um at least with Aerith you had the ability to like activate your backups when she died. Um this one there's really no upside other than the fact that like you're trying to keep your stuff your bigger stuff alive longer. Mm -hmm. So I guess that she's good with the new five CP uh any 5cp forward like that wants to stay alive longer and get reap value out of it so it's like a proactive approach to with a forward to like minwoo something yeah for a turn or two but i don't know i'm not i need to see some i get you know what i guess she's really good in like warrior light decks right because mm -hmm. it keeps the um what is the multi-element uh warrior of light card Ferris, that... Ferris, oh, Ferris, yeah. Yeah. it keeps really Ferris alive her for sure yeah absolutely so it's probably the best in there but outside of that deck i don't i don't see an efficient build of that card so i mean prove me wrong on that one 
I, I, I would love to see a deck with, you know, her being mm-hmm. a relevant strategy. Mm-hmm. John, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I wish it was flip-flops, and it's only because I'm a water fan. Uh, the fire forwards just don't take any damage from opponent's abilities. The water forwards take 2,000 less. Um, the thing about her, obviously, is like, oh, she protects against enemy fill, but it's not like she's instant or fast, right? So she's kind of like, you have to know you're going up against Philia as the board wipe threat and player down, so, you know, that's just pretty narrow where she's best. Um, yeah, I think she's an interesting card, but like Colin's saying, she's kind of just too generically slow, and the protection is almost not quite strong enough. Uh, out of the two of these cards that are similar, I like Celestia a lot more than I like this card. No, absolutely. And then the the speed round, this last legacy one, we have Wool. Um, I'm going to start with a... Yeah, it means John, a 7k, what... <laughs> and he gives uh, 2,000 power to Mobius forward, so the thing that's the most relevant is that he buffs both of the other two, uh, two drop Mobius duels, Sophie and Sarah. Uh, he does give Sophie 2,000 for being an Earth forward, and 2,000 because of his power. So he just kind of is another, you know, two drop that gives her plus four. Uh, that's, you know, other than that, yeah. Uh, I mean, his second thing is cool. If he deals damage, you get to put a Mobius card back in your hand. But if Wall is coming in and dealing damage, uh, it, like if you're attacking with your Anthem to deal damage, that's usually like you're attacking to win kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because otherwise you don't really put him in a kind of position where he's endangered because you care more about the Anthem. Anthems on forwards are always a little eh. Uh, he's not the best. Dodgy. Yeah, he's not the best, but I don't think he's the worst just because of how good the Mobius cards are. <laughs> That's fair, you know? Colin. What do you think? Eh. Eh. Yeah. I guess at a, I guess an Enlightening Earth like Wool deck probably really great. Uh, Again, he's a better TCP than the the Shantoto, right? Uh, really? I I don't know. <laughs> Like, I mean, only I, because the Shantoto has like that weird name clash, where it's like at least this guy you can just throw him into any lightning, uh, earth deck okay. and like ditch him. <laughs> like, that's, that's true. That's true. Right? I just, I think um, yeah, yeah. I think Shantoto's uh haste ability gives uh, that's true at least a relevant target to like a uh, Behemoth K, for example, or mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. um, like a non-break effect for like if you're still playing around with like Brass's final Aeon. Or even haste on a brass is finally like there, there's a lot of different um things I can say about in comparison like yeah she's compare... a lot less niche you're right yeah yeah so I I sent well I sent you a a link to the that lid deck I was talking to you about oh yeah you can okay. see you, I don't know if you took a look at it but you can see how Chantado would fit way more better than well whatever would but mm-hmm. um yeah like there, there's there's I guess they're just two very different cards, right? I guess it just depends yeah. on like what build of card pool choices you want. Do you want to play a wall deck? It's like Lightning Earth, good stuff, or do you want to play a deck that you know you want to give haste with with uh, Shantoto? Um, and yeah, there is the name clash, but are we do we need to run Shantoto that Shantoto in a deck versus another deck that needs to run the backup Shantoto because it's weak against like flood of some sort? Mm-hmm. So. Um, it really just all depends on what you're trying to accomplish with your deck that's at a consistent rate um that gets the most value out of your out of your forwards or your your backup line i so that's my kind of take on it i guess it's good 
if you're not if you're playing the wall, you're playing the backup Chantoto, right? Because it's like in every Earth deck now. Yeah, it's like a staple. So you're getting the color fixing off of that. So I guess like wool is a really great enabler of like a three color deck. Again, uh, for me personally, the the theme of Opus Thirteen is some of your really off color multi element cards are really good discards to fix like the other bad parts of your deck that would normally need to see more colors. So, mm-hmm. um, it, it's it's a great way to put three in your deck and just have like that ability to like discard it. Yeah. And eventually, like maybe get it back with like two Sith if you really need it, or th- that type of thing. So, it offers a lot more. Um, this set offers, a- as a overall review, this set offers a lot of different uh, utility for getting those colors that you wouldn't normally see in like a three color deck that you need to see at a consistent rate. All right. No, oh, I mean. You guys hit the nail on the head. I'm not a. I'm not going to argue with any of that. <laughs> but now let's get into the. Uh, that's why we got you on here for the Rupert report. Um, that's right. Let's go into the fresh dual elements of the set, and uh, I guess we'll start with the uh, the fire uh, wind. Um, Colin, what do you think? I know we got some. You know, obviously Lednar is kind of what's on the tip of everyone's tongue um, in this one. What do you think? That's the one. Okay, uh, the fortune counter one, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I think this card's great. Uh, just another great card to put into a Marsh Ritz, uh, BS deck that you want to play. Um, I I don't see the fortune counter being, uh, not relevant. I mean, I can't think of a, I I can think of a list where like. At least my Marshritz list runs Belias as a, f- a first striker, so mm-hmm. I think of when I think of Lednar, I think are automatically like, hey, it's a really hard to kill legend that can potentially beat Line K with a Belias, and then you get value out of it by uh, just blocking something or or getting mm-hmm. through for damage with it. So it's just really hard to kill. Like, yeah, it's it, you're obviously not going to bring it back with Marsh, but um, out of your hand, like it's a, it's a really good follow up for like a beater. So it's just a beater to me. Um, yeah. Good color fixing. Beater. Yeah. On color, on color, on curve, better than on curve. Um, three CPAK is great. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't see, I don't see a real downside to playing it, or at least one or two copies. Fair enough. Fair enough. Is there anyone that you're not really, not really sold on? Uh, what in terms of other multi? In terms of just, yeah, in terms of that particular multi, that element combination. Uh, like Cater and Onion Knight. Um, I, I guess I'd have to be creative with my deck building for Onion Knight. Um, mm-hmm. this the second ability on it is probably the most asking of the two effects, because mm-hmm. like you just need to run like a ton of Onion Knights. Um. It's definitely good for you know nine K for four CP is solid. So I don't the problem is when I'm playing Wind Fire, I'm thinking like Marsh Rich package, right? So I'm already committing so many cards to that package because you have the three char, you have the three Ritz, you have the three Marsh, you have Lednar mm-hmm. now. How many onion knights am I gonna run realistically in that deck to make this card value? Mm-hmm. And I just can't see it. Uh, the only way I would probably play any night is if, like, I was building like a, um, like a three color like lightning, wind, fire deck that 
maybe isn't running Marshritz, which I just mm-hmm. can't. I can't imagine that's on my radar at any point. Fair enough. No, so, that's. I feel the same way about this whole crop of these cards. I feel like they're all three at odds with each other. Yeah, and Cater. Cater's, you know, great for Type Zero. Um, you get another cadet that activates more backups or deals damage uh, yeah. to a forward. But like, I feel like it's uh, a little redundant because you already have cards that do this, like with eight. So it it doesn't really have a high like power curve to it. It's just a another way to color fix Type Zero. So. I, I can't imagine that this card is going to have that much impact on mm-hmm. that deck. Um, and nine, nine is you know the same way. Like it's great, it's great in the Type Zero decks. Um, in fact, I'll just touch on this point. I don't even know why the Class Zero cadets are even in this set. I just yeah, don't no, feel like fair. you think we should just give up on them. Just pretend Final Fantasy Type Zero. Yeah, like I, I mean, <laughs> if if you want to go to a tournament and play Type Zero. Um, I'm just gonna say that you probably won't win the tournament. So I think it'd be nice if the Type Zero cadets <laughs> and stuff were just like had nothing to do with the job and the like category synergy, and we're just like these characters from this game are just good cards, like they do with every other game. <laughs> yeah, I, I put I put Type Zero cards uh, probably in the same category as like the Sky Pirates and all the other like decks that are. A little clunky like they have some pretty cool synergies with each other but are still just not where they need to be in terms of like competitive play um i mean i'm sure somewhere down the line i'm going to regret saying that but i'm oh, probably going right, to right now it's there's nothing subjective about it it's pretty objective that that is the case for yeah unless we're talking a title tournament then title tournament they run roughshod on the whole thing right yeah thanks. um so I mean that, that's just my take on like I, I Aldo Emperor far surpasses nine in any every way, in my opinion. So yeah, I, I, I agree. Don't see a, a world where I'm playing Type Zero and uh, Aldo Emperor is the best of those three, I think, of the the Lightning Fire cards. Uh, Aldo Emperor, we said this when we talked about him last week with uh, James. He's just really good in a really boring way, and like I've seen him see play, and I played it myself over these last two days, and he's just uh, as advertised. Dude is just good. <clears throat> No, absolutely. And uh, and just for the sake of time, because we have been going a little long, there is a lot to talk about in this set. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll just kind of lump all the multi-element stuff together. What's the, you know, and John, yeah. we'll start with you. What multi-element cards do you want to talk about? Like, what are the oh, ones that, like, God. I mean, because you probably want to talk about the same ones I want to talk about. So go ahead. Cause, I mean, uh, Sarah and Sophie, Chris, I wanted, I could do a whole podcast on Sarah and Sophie. I have been an earth water gamer for i'd watch that tv show i've been an <laughs> i've been an earth water gamer for so long i just love earth water i love those uh like the slower mid-range to late game just value town mm. type decks you guys both know that i have played the snot out of uh earth water and like prince adjacent you know stuff <clears throat> um sarah and sophie are just like they're my little angels sent to me from heaven bro i don't know like like what happened that these cards were created but i i'm having already a very difficult time playing anything other than these cards um they're 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 very good. good they are good dude sophie 
creates this awesome thing. We talked about how Necron was this cool card that created an alternate win condition, right? Like, Necron did damage to your opponent without attacking. We had Luso, who, like, did it on attack, and, and you know, things like that. But Necron was this, like, passive thing. And it was like, well, that's kind of cool. I wonder where they'll go with that mechanic. Well, then they just put it on a good card, Chris. They put it on a yeah. highly, highly recurrable card that requires much less setup, and it's not a, really, like, a problem, like, playing a bunch of dark cards, right, uh, to mm. get its trigger. The trigger itself also helps you, like, maintain card advantage. Um, I, I think that anybody who's been playing games with me yesterday or Friday night knows uh, just how easy it is to get Sophie up to 10, and um, Sarah as well. Sarah just, she is Sophie's best friend. They go to all the school dances together and talk about boys. Um, <laughs> she she gives her plus 4k just by being on the board has an incredible neutral option of just draw a card but also can just have a fight spell happen um both of these cards have made the cards Fenrir and Lena just absolutely like nuts again uh, Fenrir was never even good and now is insane uh, just as like a like a phoenix that like brings in something that can fight spell something else it's just wow I love these cards I'm going to stop now before I spend another 40 minutes talking about uh these earthwater cards no, absolutely. I, you and I are in the same boat. Um, I think those cards are absolutely fantastic. Um, they check a lot of boxes. They check all the boxes that I was hoping to get um, on multi-element cards this set, if I'm being honest. Um, now, Colin, what about you? What uh, what multi-element cards have just got your they got they just got your britches in a bunch? What's a what's really the hard-hitting facts here on these multi-element cards on the Rupert Report? Uh, my favorite. My favorite multi-element cards are Aldor Emperor for sure. Mm -hmm. um, that card is just mad value for me. Um, let me go through. What's the easiest way to view them on FF decks? Uh, if you just look at all the cards and then sort by like the newest stuff, they're pretty much all in the pile at the end, right after the starter cards. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Uh, give yeah. Me one second here. So. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I... no, it's okay. You guys, oh, you're time. I'm more of like a visual there. person. Uh, Golbez for sure. Oh, he's very good. Yes. Um. Uh, hope for sure. Uh. Yes, I can't argue with Sarah. So if you like, these cards are just very good. Uh, the value you get out of them are just super good, especially in the right like build. Um. I think that. Noel has probably a little bit of potential and like some kind of really aggressive like deck. Mm -hmm. I don't I'm not quite sure what yet, but it's it's a very underwhelming looking card, but it's definitely probably solid as like a one or two of. So, um I could see that like both of those abilities are basically the only two parts of the equation that Agra is ever trying to solve, right? Like like make yeah. my guys ready to hit and move their guys out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> right, and I, I could see a turn where like somebody just loses this card for like the stupidest reason. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, but I, I, I don't think that at the start of a new set that this card is at its right place yet. I think mm -hmm. that um, this is probably a card that uh, it probably needs to be like three weeks down into the into the set to really have somebody like figure out a build for this. So, um, this is just one of those like probably not so relevant right now cards that is probably going to be better it's a sleeper you're saying it's a sleeper card here. it's a, it's a sleeper card that i don't think it's going to be anything like super super impactful but in the right list it's probably like a sleeper card that 
people should probably take more of a look at. All right. Um, I don't like. I don't really like any of the uh, the, the duds for me in multi-element. I should say I don't really like any of the ice water cards. Mm. Um, I think Celestia is pretty cool. Uh, but again, the job the job is or the 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 type zero doesn't really have any impact for me, and I really have to probably take a ice water take more of a look at it to really figure out like what I'm trying to do with it mm-hmm. for this card to be impactful. But I don't think it's a legend that I'm really looking at, at the time being. Um, but uh, touching back on like Sarah and Sophie, uh, I sent you that list by the way. Or my my list. <laughs> oh, your uh, your lid list. Yes. Oh, your Sarah Sophie list. Okay. Yeah, you should definitely take a look at that. You'll be kind of impressed, I think. But um, yeah, I can't say enough about uh Sarah Sophie. Like they just generate value. They're cheap. Um, they work with each other. They're easily recoverable with Lena. Um, you can protect them with a new Leviathan. Like everything we touched on over the course of the the review here has been pretty much on point. Like there, it just. It's definitely going to be a deck to reckon with um, mm-hmm. in this upcoming meta. So uh, I'm excited to see more people, you know, play that. Yeah. Uh, Kinshira, I'm not sold on Kinshira. Mm-hmm. It's the haste uh, pad. Fast yeah, pad. Yeah, I, I think it's I, obviously it's great for Wind Lightning. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's just a great card. Um, I don't think it's a color fixer by any means. I think you just have to play a deck around an aggressive maybe more of a build with that mm. and like a Lua. Like some kind of like haste, hasty build. Um, but definitely definitely above curve for, you know, the available options you have with it. Um it has potential and I'm I'll be excited to see, you know, lists that run it and are doing well. So Yeah, I would really like, like to see Wood Lightning become a thing. Yeah. I mean you have a lot of like ice earth uh multi element cards that I'll have to like probably experiment with, but for the time being, I think Ice Earth is like really slow right now. Yeah. So I'm not exactly on the uh, tipping point with these cards yet. Um, maybe that's something later down the line when the, you know the set or the, uh, the the decks that you see are more valid and impactful and right are winning tournaments. But yeah, more data, more like, data. Yeah, more data needed. Zero one zero one 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 zero. <laughs> the <laughs> the root. Call it I need computer. to code. Yeah, so I think it's safe to say that here on the Rupert Report, we think that uh, that Sarah and Sophie are probably the the standout, like the real knockout punch of the multi-element cards. He likes set. Aldor too. I mean, I, Aldor Emperor. Yeah, it's very boring, but very very good. Yeah, it, it. If there was a card that like, it's like you know, I like movie titles that tell me exactly what I'm getting into. Cowboys and aliens. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I like movies that tell me what I'm getting into. Uh, old Outdoor Emperor here tells you, read his card. It's There's no tricks. There's no geometry. It's just, this is what lightning loves to do. This is what fire loves to do. Here you I, go. I, to be more specific, the reason I like Outdoor Emperor a lot is mm-hmm. it's got a lot of um, well, the upside is like five damage, obviously, but like, secondly, you have options with it. Like it just gives you so many yeah. options. Like, oh yeah. You get rid of those ritzes. You you get rid of um active fours, it deals pretty much on curved AK to a forward like that you would want to hit. Like 
maybe you don't want to get rid of the Ritz that turn because you want to kill the Marsh to get it out of the way to get more attacks in because their Ritz is dull. Mm -hmm. Like it just it uh it just offers you more options for breaking things and it's five CP nine K. I mean, that is a hard body to kill even if you wanted Mm -hmm. to, and you're not getting value out of killing it because it already got its value to begin with. So like it's it's just annoying. It's an annoying card to reckon with and um when you're getting value out of something like that and like you're getting uh you're recurring it with like Kusith or something, you're playing like some kind of like earth lightning Mm -hmm. fire deck, like then you just generated more value and you're just getting rid of more things. So like if the game's going mid mid range to long, you're able to like stabilize and like just you know I mean they literally took uh, a Brynhildr, a Ramu, and a Odin, and just threw it all on one card and said, "On a nine K, <laughs> yeah. yeah." And it's color fixing. I mean, what yeah. more yep. could you ask for? Very cool for yeah. a forward. So I, I, I'm on board. I'll tell you what. I've already seen uh, lightning fire decks, and they, yeah, I, that's real. not a sentence I said before. You know, these cards came out. So, yep, very cool. Well, sir, and, thank yeah, you so well, much for giving up, us the scoop. Yeah, man, absolutely. You uh. You definitely gave us the the what's fourth, and uh, anybody who's interested in you know competing in this game, like, and you're curious about like what people think on Op- you know on Opus Thirteen. Obviously, you know we talk about Alex Hancock, but listen to listen to Root Scoop here because uh you know he looks he looks at cards through a very competitive lens, um, and if you want to be a better competitive player, definitely listen to what he's saying for sure. Uh, I'm over here yeah. taking notes here. I, I, I'm writing down Root Scoop, so don't worry. I probably didn't give you know to the competitive players as much information as they already knew already but uh i i hope some of the newer players are able to you know listen to this and get on board with um some of these cards and figure out like new decks to play with uh you know based on a new stuff rather than more of the old stuff because like i feel like with every new opus you know the the deck lists are pretty much geared towards them rather than the older cards. Mm-hmm. Not to say that older cards aren't relevant, but uh, you know, it's just a noticeable trend now with every opus that comes out. Um, the newer cards become the new staple because of you know various reasons: power creep, uh, different abilities. You know, with this set, you have the new multi-element uh, options available to you for deck building. So, like, there's just so many new things that you know you're able to get out of uh even if you haven't played as you know much as you know the people that have been playing since the beginning of the game so um you know don't don't take my word for it you know experiment you know take a look at things that are a little oddball and don't be afraid to play cards that you wouldn't normally or colors that you wouldn't normally get into because you know you're a little intimidated by it um because like marsh ritz isn't the end all be all of every deck you know you're you are able to experiment and do new things, there's a so. new duo in town named sarah and sophie yeah yeah the try out that deck. they're going to the mall yeah That's see right. how your see how your sarah selfie decks match up with the marsh ritz nonsense That's right they, they they land they hit the table and all of a sudden material girl starts playing out of nowhere <laughs> <laughs> i'm a material girl oh mm-hmm. man it's good stuff well, guys, that's it for us. It's another, and that's ninety nine in the bag, Chris. So that means you know, by the time these guys hear us again, uh, it's be... going to be a party. 
centennial celebration. Yeah, we've got. And we're gonna we're gonna need you back uh, just for a brief excerpt on the centennial episode. It's gonna be a lot of uh, a lot of guests popping in and out. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun little extravaganza. It's gonna be a that's gonna gonna be a a long one. It is. It's gonna be like a we're gonna be taking a lot of time to put it together and stuff too. So, you know, but it's gonna be a a lot of time. Time to wrap this one up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, that being said, Colin, before we go ahead and wrap up, any shout outs you want to give? Uh no, no. I hate it. All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Outdoor Emperor. Shout outs. Shout outs to oh, I do have a shout outs, actually. Um shout outs to all the new players that have come mm-hmm. on board with the game mm-hmm. and taken the time to listen to the podcast and the content creators and um willing to learn the game even though we're so far deep into it uh that it's very hard to you know as a newer player evaluate you know different things and how to build deck lists and strategies and mm-hmm. um so kudos to those guys because i don't care i don't care what game you're getting into being a new player just sucks i mean learning all these new things you know they don't know about all the old cards that were played as much as the older players do um so you know i know it's probably intimidating being a new being a new player and like going into a competitive event but like don't be afraid of that it's it's about a learning experience and the more you play the more you're going to learn so um i shouldn't say anything because i haven't played in like months but (laughs) i've been around since the game is literally you know opus was available to the u.s so um so you know a thing. You know a thing or two. I, yeah, they... I've been around. I've been around the town a, a couple times. That's right, dude. But... You're uh, on the streets, dude. You know these streets, like, uh, like as a second nature, bro. Mm-mm. So yeah, shout outs to those guys. That's it. All right. Thanks for well, having yeah. me on. Boys. Of course, dude. It's always our pleasure. Absolutely, our pleasure. Absolutely, Kyle. It's always great to catch up with you. I know we've all, you know, we're all yearning for the days where we can hang out in person again. You know, as far as everything's pointing to, they're right around the corner. I've been craving K-Barbecue with the boys for so long. Soon, sir. Soon. I've been dreaming about it. (laughs) Yeah, I got got to have a little taste a couple weeks ago when I got to go hang out with old Irving Diaz, and now I'm like, man, I need, I need, I need the whole gang. I need the whole, the whole shooting match. I need everybody. And we're almost there, guys. Almost. I owe you a beer, by the way. There it is. I owe yeah. drinks. Oh man, we're just gonna be buying each. We're 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 gonna get hammered drunk together. It's gonna be a great time. I can't wait. I can't wait to see all your smiling face, smiling faces, and friendly places is what I live for. That's we're right. Almost there, guys. But uh, with that being said, John, send us home. Send us home. Play us off keyboard, cat. Thanks once again for listening to the RVA Returners podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, you can head on over to rvareturners.com. Thank you to Jason, Christian, Dylan, Greg, Sergio, Ryan, and Adam, our patrons. 